Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All kinds of stupid mistakes on a fairly regular basis. Okay. Well, I'm not saying that Recorded Trump has live. made all kinds of stupid mistakes on a regular basis. But you can absolutely, you cannot accuse Trump to be for being overly politically correct. All right. I don't think he knows what politically correct means. If he does, it's not something he cares about. Um, he shoots from the hip and says what he wants to say. And it's part of the reason he endeared himself to the American people initially. But it's also part of the reason why, if he's not careful, he's going to throw the election into Hillary Clinton's corner. Because he doesn't sometimes know when to shut his mouth. Right? We We all have... Peculiar ideas, and it may be that I have biases or you have biases, or anybody in the audience, we have the black biases that we may not want to speak about in public. Trump doesn't seem to have that inhibition. And sometimes it's just it's contrary to his own interest, and it's not presidential. You know, it's like I was talking earlier with, we used to be able to think of ourselves as the good guys, right or wrong. We could think of ourselves as the good guys. And we really think of ourselves, can we claim this America is the home of the brave and the free and the good guys? I don't think we can make that claim anymore. I think that's been, it's been neutered, at least for now, by our own government. We have behaved like a bunch of Nazi thugs in some instances. And some people recognize it, some people deny it, but I think we're going to see it. And, uh, more generally, as we do, it'll, it'll demoralize people in the same way that Germany was demoralized after World War II and Japan was demoralized after World War II. you got to face up in making big mistakes. You can't just hide out, justify, and you know, come up with theories to justify whatever you've been doing. you got to admit, look, we've been screwing up by the numerals. Now it's time to get back and do what's right, right? Grasp, regain some sort of moral foundation and a system of values that we can basically all generally agree on. We'll quibble about the details. Uh, Something we can all agree on, say this is right and that's wrong, and we're not going to do what's wrong. Right now we've got a system that protects what's wrong. We're giving them special rights. and These these people are entitled to things that they've never earned. And I'm not just talking about blacks or people on welfare. I'm talking about people like... I work all night, I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? And still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. Studies have 
shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
All right, folks, good afternoon. This, Hang on. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. I'm trying to get my headset to work. This thing, yeah, the plug on it's gone bad. So, anywho, it is Wednesday, August 3rd, 2016. It's about eight minutes after noon Pacific time, if that's when it is where you're at. We're live, 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. You can call in, get on the air, you know, voice your opinion, let everybody know what you think, uh, tell me how wrong I am, how right I am, another aspect of things, whatever. It'll get you on the air. It's toll-free. You can also go to the uh, chat room, another way to uh, communicate with the people out there at least the people who go to the chat room, and if you say anything in the chat room that's, you know, newsworthy or of interest, uh, good chance I'll bring it out on the air, and then everybody will get to hear it. So I really encourage people to get in there, and and, and you can do this through email also. Send me stories, news stories about what's going on where you live that may not have made the national news. Because that's all there is, folks. There's national news. There is no national events. Everything happens in somebody's backyard, okay? Everything is local. The national news may decide, well, we have an agenda and we want everybody to think about this story, and that's what they show everybody. And suspiciously, it's just funny that every network, all they all carry all the same stories. How does that happen? You know, supposedly, well, Fox News hates CNN, and, uh, you know, they hate MSNBC, and they're just totally opposite, and they're totally a different thing, and yet they all run the same stories. Why is that? Is there some chieftain somewhere in charge of all the media, Fox, CNN, MSNBC, CBS, all of them, deciding... Here's what you're going to run today. Now, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. You can put any angle on the story you'd like, but this is the story you're going to talk about. You notice that? I have. For instance, you know, there's one story that I notice on Drudge is all gone now. Bye-bye. Not a story anymore. Muslim creep and his little uh, robot wife uh, get up there and uh, lie and attack Donald Trump. And uh, Donald Trump responds. Media hates Donald Trump. Now it's all gone. Bye-bye. Why is that? Oh, I'll tell you why that is. Because they don't want it out there anymore. Because it turns out this little man from Pakistan is actually a Hillary Clinton shill. And I don't mean just somebody who's an idiot and following Hillary Clinton. I mean somebody who has been paid, who has benefited from her Clinton Foundation. He works for the place that does her taxes. (laughs) Hey, there's more. Oh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, you know, another thing, uh, when when Trump said, and this this is how they play it. Because they think you're all a bunch of girls out there, and you don't have a mind, and all you do is think with your emotions that, oh, 
I feel that this isn't right. Yeah? When Trump said, gee, how come your wife didn't say anything? Is she allowed to talk? Because after all, girls, that's what Islam is all about. You stand three steps behind your man and keep your mouth shut and your head covered. How's that, huh? Girls, you like that? You, you want to be tolerant towards Islam? Oh, you're in for a rude awakening, Barbie, because uh, bad things are going to happen to you if the Muslims ever do take control. I guarantee you that. So what do they say? Oh, no, it's not that. Oh, in other words, you're not real Muslims? Is that it? Are you phony Muslims? Because real Muslims, that is it. You keep your mouth shut, stand three steps behind me, and keep your head covered while you're at it. And if you say a word, I might just bust your nose right in front of everybody. Because, hey, I'm allowed. I'm a Muslim. It's my culture. No. They said, oh, no, she didn't speak because she was too upset over the death of her son. That happened 12 years ago. Hey, listen, if you're too upset to speak after 12 years after somebody's death, you have serious mental issues, okay? You need, you need some help because you've got a real problem. If after 12 years of somebody dying, you're still too upset to speak, you have serious, serious problems. See, that's something that nobody, nobody points out. This was 12 years ago, 12 years ago, over a decade ago. By the way, their son was killed, and I don't know how. You know, I don't know if he was a hero or, or just another mercenary or what. Because, uh, you know, look, I'm not diminishing the skills or even the intentions of the majority of soldiers on the ground, okay, in, in any of these godforsaken places around the world that we shouldn't even be, all right? But it wasn't their choice to go there. They didn't make the order to say, okay, let's go do this in Afghanistan. Yes, when they're told you're going to Afghanistan and we want you to kill everybody with a rag on their head, they go, hoorah, yeah, kill them, kill them, kill them all, because that's what they do, man. That's what they're supposed to do. Okay, in the military, that's your job as a as a well as a combat soldier. That is your job: kill, 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 till somebody kills you. You keep killing them. So you can't blame these guys for being all gung ho about you know killing the enemy, even if the enemy is somebody that we really shouldn't be having as an enemy, and we shouldn't be in their country, and we shouldn't be what doing what we're doing. It's not their fault. They didn't decide to do it. All they did was join up in the military for whatever reason, whether it was patriotic reasons. And see, this is another mistake that Americans make on an on a ongoing basis. Everybody thinks that everybody who joins the military is some patriotic hero. And that's just not the case. Okay, listen, I was in the military, and I'm telling you that's not the case. It wasn't the case with me. It wasn't the case with three-quarters of my basic training platoon. Three-quarters. Because you know what? 
40 to 50% of my basic training platoon was there because they had a choice given to them. Hey, listen, you could go into the Army for four years or you could go to prison for two years. What do you want to do, Sonny? And this was a judge. This was back in 79 when they were doing this. Hey, you're going to jail? You're going to jail for a couple years there, boy. Tell you what I'll do, though, because this is only your first or second offense. You can join up in the military. You come down here and you show me your papers that you're, gonna, you're going to the military, and I'll, uh, I'll suspend this. And once you get through basic training, and they had a time set, you know, you complete these tasks, and I'll, I'll dismiss this. Yeah, 40 to 50% of my basic training platoon was people who had that offered to them. Then, of course, you know, during the course of the eight weeks, uh, I think two of them, well, the police came and arrested them in the barracks because, well, they discovered while, you know, okay, for those crimes you were given the out to go to the uh, army, uh, they discovered other crimes that you did that they didn't know about at the time. So they were arrested and dragged off. Yeah, right out of the barracks. Me, I wasn't put there as a choice from a judge, but I wasn't there under patriotic uh, guises either. I was there because (laughs) I was young and dumb, and I couldn't think of any other options because I didn't want to go to college. I refused to go to college. And I wasn't quite ready to go live in a cardboard box under a bridge yet. Of course, I got ready in about four years. Yeah, then I was ready because it's like, well, you know what? I came to the conclusion after my time serving is that, uh, you know what? I'd rather live in a cardboard box under a bridge than serve you anymore. Yeah, sorry. And I don't consider... Even the guys who go, hoorah, defend America, let's be patriotic, let's be, I want to be a hero. They may, their intentions may be good, but they are misled, okay? It's one thing to love your country, which means you love the people of your country. You love the culture of your country. You love the lifestyle of your country. You like having electricity. You like being able to buy a car and have a house and raise a family. You like being able to go to church on Sundays. You like being able to say what you want to say without being afraid of being arrested. You like to be able to own a gun. You like the fact that the cops have to have a warrant before they kick in your doors. Oh, wait a minute. You're living in 1950s America. You're not living in 2016 America because we don't really have any of those anymore. That's what you're patriotic about. But anybody who just is all gung-ho about serving the federal government in Washington, D.C., is misled and an ignorant moron. Now, hey, you can, you know, you can pull your head out of your behind, and you don't have to be ignorant anymore. But that's the case, folks. 
Everybody around thinks, oh, yeah, they're all heroes, heroes, heroes. No, they're not all heroes, folks. I would estimate now, because that's all I can do now, I can tell you when I was there, but gosh, that was in, you know, 79, 80, you know, that early. But I would estimate now 50% of the people in the military are not patriotic. They're not heroes. What they are is mercenaries. Okay? They're there because the military will pay them to be there. That's just the same as me. I was a mercenary. Because I was only there because, hey, well, hey, it's, you know, three squares and a cot, and they pay me, and okay, you know, that's a better deal than what I've got. So I'll take it. So I don't know what their kid was like. Now, listen, the military has all different kind of things. I'm talking in general. Obviously, the people who get involved with special forces and advanced, you know, uh, combat training, you know, Rangers, whatever, they got all kinds of different little names for different groups now. But yeah, these are different people because you volunteer for those things. Nobody's forcing you to do that stuff. And, you know, you you decide, no, I want to be better. I want to be the best I can be. I want to do this. So, you know, those people are a different army, okay? They've got a different attitude than the general army does, which I guess is good and bad because it makes them elite and really good and, you know, send them on missions. They're really successful and uh, but it's bad because, see, their support system is full of these other people who really don't give a crap. Luckily, most of these special operations people don't need a lot of support people, but uh, they still do. Because, you know, when they run out of ammo, they need some uh, ammo dropping from the sky. And if it doesn't, they're they're in problems. But... Now let's go to the mom and dad. Let's look at what the media was not telling you about the Muslim who attacked Donald Trump. All right? For one, you know, he, he even his wife is dishonest. To tell everybody, well, I didn't say anything because I'm just too upset. Yeah, really, after 12 years, sure you are. Mm-hmm. You weren't too upset to drag your behind up on the stage, were you? You weren't too upset to get all dressed up and get up here in front of the TV cameras, were you? Well, he is a Muslim Brotherhood agent who wants to advance Sharia law and bring Muslims into the United States. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. I can't even pronounce his first name. Kaisar Muzam Khan. Graduated in Punjab University Law College. Who knows where that is? As the New York Times confirms. Oh, well, then it must be true. The New York Times says so. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh-huh. He specialized in international trade law in Saudi Arabia. An interest lawyer 
for Islamic oil companies, Khan wrote a paper called In Defense of OPEC to Defend the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries, an intergovernmental oil company consisting of mainly Islamic countries. But more than this, Khan is a promoter of Islamic Sharia law in the United States. He was a co-founder of the Journal of Contemporary Issues in Muslim Law. That's Sharia law, folks. Khan's fascination with Islamic Sharia stems from his life in Saudi Arabia. During the 80s, Khan wrote a paper titled Juristic Classification of Islamic Law. Again, that's Sharia. In it, he elucidated on the system of Sharia law, expressing his reverence for, quote, the Sunnah, authentic tradition of the Prophet Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Now, the Sunnah is the works of Muhammad, by the way. But Khan's fascination with Islam isn't the only issue, lest they say he was a moderate Muslim. <laughs> Look, we've already gone through the whole moderate Muslim thing. If you're a moderate Muslim, you are either not a Muslim at all, and you are in danger of being killed by your own, because jihad's been called, boys. That's the way it is. If you are a Muslim, you have been called to jihad. Under Muslim law, you ain't got a choice. It's on. So if you're a Muslim, you are involved in jihad. Or you're an infidel, and you're in big danger. Or you're utilizing another part of the Quran that says it's okay to lie to the infidels, and you're just, you know, you're a mole. You're just saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Muslim. I'm a moderate Muslim. Mm-hmm, sure I am. I love America. But really, all along, you're lying and you're working to undermine the foundations of America with a smile on your face telling everybody you're moderate and you love America. That's what he was doing. Okay? That's what he is doing. What is more worrisome is at the bottom of the intro, Khan shows his appreciation and the source of his work and gives credit to the icon of the Muslim Brotherhood. The contribution to this article of S. Ramadan's writing is gratefully acknowledged. Huh, really? This alone speaks volumes. Khan used the works of S. Ramadan to lay his foundation for his inspiration regarding the promotion of Sharia. S. Ramadan is Saeed Ramadan, head of the Islamic Center in Geneva and a major icon of the Muslim Brotherhood, the grandson of Hassan al-Banna, the founder and hero of the Muslim Brotherhood, which spread terrorism throughout the world. And then there's an update here in this. Due to the many bleeding hearts bickering for more evidence, we read through Khan's work, to only find a treasure trove on how Khan describes Sharia, asking Muslims to obey it. In his essay, he denounces any modern reform stating that Sharia is fixed. Firstly, it is obviously that Khan instructs Muslims to submit to Sharia. Quote, they, meaning the Muslims, 
must always be subordinate to the Sharia. Hmm. In the same writing, Khan promotes Muslims to use al Muada, the oldest book on Islamic Sharia law, written by Muwatta Ayman Malik. He says that it should be used to bring about legal uniformity in the Muslim nation. While Khan pulls a fast one on the American people who know nothing about Muwatta, it is full of references and exhortations to Islamic jihad and martyrdom ideology. Khan's argument about Sharia is that nothing should have changed regarding Sharia from the inception of Islam and that it has no room for adjustment, no right to have new source of legislation, the Sunnah Muslim uh, Muhammad sayings, according to Khan's quoting from Islamic history, that when it comes to Sharia law, a Muslim needs to use the Quran and the Sunnah to conclude it is complete and it is finished. Yeah, let's steal, let's steal the Savior's words. He states, it vividly demonstrates that the structure of Islamic law, the Sharia, was completed during the lifetime of the Prophet Muhammad in the Quran and the Sunnah. Even more troubling, Khan recommends Muslims use al-Wateg, uh, al oh boy, I can't even say that. Anyway, it's political documents. Regarding Islam and Politics by Dr. M. Hamadullah, which records 250 documents that includes jihad and Islam, amongst all other things, that pertains to fundamental Sharia from an Islamic point of view. Any search on al-Wateg, al-Sayesiyah, from the Arabic would yield a library on violent jihad and its promotion, which Khan also promotes. This should shut up our critics. Khan's work pegs that Sharia is fundamental fixed with little or no room for any wiggle and Muslims need to trust and obey. I'm telling you, folks, jihad. He is telling the Muslims, look, you don't have a choice. Jihad has been declared you need to follow Sharia law. All of this leads us to the source of Khan's work. Khan's icon who said Ramadan was who who said who sayad Ramadan was. Ramadan was a writer who wrote material for the Muslim youth movement in Malaysia and an organization that had been promoting Islamic revitalism and indoctrination to recruit young people in Malaysia to jihad. It is actually a Malaysian branch of the Egyptian Muslim Brotherhood. Khan's fascination for Muslim Brotherhood icon and Islamic Sharia stems from Ramadan's book, Islamic Law, Scope and Equity, which Khan gleaned from to do his work giving credit to Ramadan. A version of it was published for the Malaysian Muslim Youth Movement. Whammy. Yeah, really. is an acronym for World Association of Muslim Youth, which was created through the collaboration... You can't make this stuff up, really. Whammy? Okay. Created through the collaboration of the Wahhabist and Muslim Brotherhood led by Saeed Ramadan, who was, again, the son-in-law of Hassan al the founder of the Muslim Brotherhood, including Ahmad 
Bey Zalua, the boss of Huma Abedin, huh? and her parents, Sayed Z. Abedin, and Selina Mahmoud Abedin. It was also financed by the wealthy Abdullah Omar Nasif, another boss of the Abedin family who was an al-Qaeda financier. Again, Khan wrote his Sharia law supporting work in the 80s while he was in Saudi Arabia, the motherland of Wahhabism. This would never be possible unless Khan clearly had the support of the Saudi Wahhabist Religious Institute. He took a snapshot of the text. Okay. Well, folks, there's a lot more on this guy. We're going to have to take a break, but there's a whole lot more on this man. And, you know, they, they have shamelessly... Uh, I mean, really, okay, look, let's just give, uh, let's give the, the guy, okay, that died 12 years ago in the United States Army. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt, okay, because he's dead. It happened 12 years ago. Maybe he was a hero. I don't know. But, you know, just dying in a, in a bad war that we shouldn't even be in doesn't necessarily make you a hero, I don't think. It just makes you dead. Maybe he did something heroic. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. But maybe he was there and maybe he was a good soldier. Okay? I'll give him that. I'm not going to argue that point. Let's say he was a good soldier and he died performing his duties. All right. I'm willing to go that far. I'm not, I'm not calling any of these guys heroes unless you can show, okay, look, he did something heroic. You, you see, you have to do something heroic before you can be a hero, folks, in, in my mind. And just being in the military, uh, I'm sorry, that doesn't cut it. Rolling into places we shouldn't be, killing people we got nothing against, uh, doesn't seem very heroic to me. Okay? And if you get killed robbing somebody's house, does that make you a hero? Because that's basically what the U.S. military is doing all around the world. We're rolling in and busting into people's houses. We're killing everybody around. We're, we're destroying their civilization. Do you think that's heroic, really? Now, individuals can do heroic things even in a bad situation. But, you know, you you, you got to show that before you get to be a hero. Or else, hey, we're all heroes. And therefore, the term hero is meaningless. And that's what it is in this case. Just because the U.S. military gives you a silver star doesn't make you a hero. Okay? Now, it might. It might not. I don't trust the military. They hand out things uh, based on political... uh, considerations all too often so i'm sorry they're not to be trusted so you can give out all the silver stars all the medals of honor you like but until i see well let's see the write-up on why you were awarded this medal i will withhold the hero status for anybody because you know why because hero still means something to me It doesn't mean just because, well, you know, I'm here. 
so that makes me a hero. Oh, I'm dead. That makes me a hero. Oh, I'm a prisoner of war. That makes me a hero. Really? So if you're a prisoner of war and you start singing like a songbird, does that make you a hero because you were captured and now you're giving up the uh, you know farm to the enemy? Does that make you a hero? I don't think so. But I want to make something also clear. I don't think it makes you a traitor either. Because it is unreasonable, okay, for the U.S. military or anybody else to expect anybody to withstand torture and not tell them everything they know. It's the military's fault if Tom, Dick, and Jerry out there who get captured know things that are going to really hurt you. Because you know what? Anything they know, you can change. Bang, it's changed. Any codes, anything they had, now it's different. So go ahead and tell them. Save yourself. I don't find that necessarily heroic, but I also don't find it to be the act of a traitor. It is unreasonable to expect people to withstand torture and not tell them what, what they know. Now, some people do that, and they're tortured to death, and they never give up any information. You might call that heroic, and it, it probably is heroic. I think it's unnecessary. I think it's a waste. But then again, hey, I'm a guy that cuts off my nose to spite my face all the time, so, you know... If you're in that situation and you decide, no, you're the enemy and I'm not telling you anything, and you can kill me, you can torture me, you can do whatever you want, but I'm still not talking to you because you're the enemy. You know what? I respect that, and you probably are a hero. I think you, you know, I don't think you accomplished anything. You didn't protect anybody. Because, look, if the military's so stupid that they go, mm, let's see, all these guys got captured. Do, we th do you think we ought to change the codes? Nah, don't worry about it. What could happen? Then that's their fault. Let's take a break. We'll be back. I'm real late here. I got camping eyes and a final Last man, the shop is taking The fuck to make
have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Wednesday, August 3rd, 2016, about 12.48 and a half out here, Pacific Time Coast. A little late, a little late going into the break, a little late coming back, a little late. But anyway, better late than ever. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. You can also go to the chat room, which is located at our website, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. Follow the instructions. You're in there. All right. Well, you know, this goes on and on about this guy, uh, Khan, and his uh, too bereaved wife to talk. Because Muslim women ain't allowed to talk. But, oh, yeah, we don't want to say that on national TV. Uh, not, not at the DNC where a woman was just nominated to run for president. We can't let everybody know that, oh, and this little Muslim here who's crying the blues and attacking Trump? Attacking Trump for what? A war your son was killed in that Donald Trump publicly was against? Is still against? Gee, how's that his fault? Huh? No, really, how is that his fault? I mean, if you want to blame George Bush, okay, 12 years ago, yeah, you, you could get away with blaming George Bush because that was his administration. Your kid died under, all right, fine, it's his fault. But how is the guy who was against the war, how is he responsible? Because then you say, well, you know, if Donald Trump was president, we wouldn't even be allowed in the United States. Well, uh, isn't this all about your poor dead son? Who, oh, by the way, guess what? If there would have been a Muslim ban coming into the United States, yeah, you wouldn't be here. And your kid wouldn't have joined the U.S. military, and he probably wouldn't be dead now either. So, gee, how's that argument going for you now? This is a lawyer, right? He's supposed to be able to think, right? He's supposed to be able to make an argument, isn't he? So you can't have it both ways. You're blaming a guy who was against the war your kid died in. Then you blame him because, well, if it was up to him, we wouldn't even be here. Yeah, which means your kid would have never joined the army and died. So what's your beef there, buddy? He doesn't have a legitimate beef. He's just a chill for Hillary Clinton's campaign. Now, he's also a Muslim Brotherhood supporter. He supports Sharia law. 
Okay? Well, anyway, let's move on, though. He moved from Pakistan to the United Arab Emirates, a hotbed of Muslim Brotherhood. Currently, he runs a law firm in New York City called KM Khan Law Office. According to the website, the law firm specializes in immigration services to bring Muslims into the U.S., which presents a clash with Trump's suggested policy to limit Muslim immigration into the U.S. Hmm. But there's more. To understand the inception of Muslim immigration, one must study the Muslim minority affairs, a paradigm uh, and an Islamic jurisprudence created by Saudi Arabia, which sparked during the times Khan lived in Saudi Arabia while collaborating with the Saudi Kingdom. Khan needs further study and analysis to see how it's connect with Hillary Clinton's campaign, since he serves the interests of Muslim oil companies as well as Muslim immigration in the U.S. Intellis reveals... Khan used to work for Hogan, Hartson, and Lavelle's. Hmm, you've heard of that law firm before. Dean Lauren has mentioned them in many corruption-related stories. Oh, and by the way, Hogan, Hartson, and Lavelle's has ties to the Clinton Foundation. That's right. Hogan Lavelle's LLP, another U.S. firm hired by the Saudis, is registered to work for the Royal Embassy of Saudi Arabia through 2016 disclosure show. Robert Kyle, a lobbyist for the firm, has bundled $50,850 for Clinton's campaign. Many lawyers at Hogan Lavelle's remember the week in 2004 when U.S. Army Captain... Humayun Khan lost his life to a suicide bomber. Okay. I'm wondering. I don't get the hero part here. Uh, murder victim, maybe hero. I, I don't know, man. You know, I think we, you know, and I'm not trying to diminish the guy's service. I'm just saying, I believe we throw around the word hero far too loosely, okay? When you do that, it loses meaning. Oh, yeah, well, everybody's a hero. Saudi interest when, uh, with using Khan to advance Muslim immigration and advance Muslim Sharia is a lengthy subject, which has ties to Hillary Clinton, Clinton's aide, Huma Abedin, as well. It will take hours of reading just to cover this topic on how it was the House of Saud, Muslim Minority Affairs, and the Abedins, that played a central role in using Muslim immigration to infiltrate the West with Wahhabi agenda. The House of Saud had used Huma's father, Sayyad, work regarding the Muslim minority affairs in the West, published in 1998 as part of 29 works to construct a plan to conquer the U.S. with Islam. It is obvious that Khan is upset that a Trump victory will eliminate and destroy decades of hard work to bring in Islamic immigration into the United States, which was, which was spearheaded by agents in Saudi Arabia, like Khan and Uma Abedin and her family. Folks, look. You see, we thought, oh, we're going to go to Saudi Arabia, we're going to take their oil, we're going to give them this worthless paper in return, and we're going to pull a fast one on them. 
Well, meanwhile, they were plotting and saying, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to infest your country with Muslim savages, and we're going to end up taking over. We're even going to have a Muslim president, which they do. Folks, we are being infiltrated. This is Rome. You better, you know what, go read the big book, The Rise and Fall of the Roman Empire. Eh, you can even skip to the end. I mean, it's a pretty good read, but skip to the end and you'll find out where we're at right now. We're not going to lose because somebody's bigger and better and stronger than us. We're going to lose because we have traitors working against us in our own government who call themselves patriots, like Paul Rhino and Hillary Clinton. Barack Hussein Obama, give me a break. No wonder he bows to the Saudi king, huh? Hey, let's go to the White House for a minute because this should oh this this will make everything better. You'll you'll just feel much better about everything now because Josh Ernest yeah, I'm sure that's not his real name, but Josh Ernest, the spokes uh, liar for the uh, White House, says uh, the election won't be rigged. Oh, really? I know this is the subject of debate at the end of the last presidential election when some supporters of Mitt Romney complained skewed polling. So this is not a new claim. I would just note that it is often a claim made by people who don't end up winning elections. <laughs> yeah, when the election's stolen from look. I just went through all, there's a, look, there's a class action suit. Everybody knows the Democratic Party rigged the election for Hillary Clinton. Their emails admit it. They confess. Okay, look, this is not a debatable subject anymore. The Democratic Party rigs elections. We know this. They have admitted it through their emails. They didn't voluntarily admit it. But they admitted it all the same. So this guy, it, you know, will just get out there and say anything. Just go out there and say anything, and that'll be fine, because the morons will believe it, because you said it. Now, Venezuela. This is where I'm going to take it up tonight. I'm going to start with Venezuela, because, you know, you got Barbara Streisand out there saying, well, Donald Trump doesn't have a mind. This is from an idiot wench who, you know, is way over the hill, who was never anything special anyway, and somehow, uh, you know, she just uh, made her way to the top somehow, saying he doesn't have a mind, yet she's part of the crowd that supports the paradise that is Venezuela. Well, we're going to look at the paradise of Venezuelan. When was it a paradise? We're going we're gonna to look at that, and we're going to look at what happened and how they went about destroying that country. And you know what? You might say, I don't care about Venezuela. Well, you should, because Venezuela is nothing but looking, looking into, like, a mirror of the future for the United States on a bigger scale. Because everything they did, we're doing. And if you do the same thing, the same things happen. You're insane if you think you can do the same thing they did and not get the same results. That is insanity. Anyway, 
We got to go. We'll be back again tonight. Coming up next is financial survival, so stay tuned. We got a full day after that. And as always, thanks for listening. religious and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. And I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. And today is Wednesday, August 3rd, 2016. Wendy Wilson will be joining us in just a few moments. Good afternoon, Al. Hello, Melody. A little pressure on gold today. Not so, not too bad. Four sixty. Four dollars and sixty cents at thirteen hundred and fifty-nine. Silver was down a little bit, point one eight, twenty point four nine. Platinum was down three at eleven sixty-seven, and palladium was down five at seven hundred and fifteen. And the USDX today a little stronger, point four nine at ninety-five point fifty-six. Crude oil made a big comeback today, one point five six, back up over forty at forty-one oh seven. Paper markets today, they had, you know, after so many days uh, trading down, even though over the, the, what, the eight days that it was uh, in negative territory at the at the close, uh, you know, they managed to get 41 points to the upside today. Uh, the Dow has only lost about, what, one and a half percent or something like that in the past week, week and a half, so no big deal yet, 18,354. There'll be days you were wish that the Dow was only down one and a half percent. The Nasdaq was up twenty-two at fifty-one fifty-nine, and the S&P was up six at twenty-one sixty-three. Ten-year yield, of course, is stronger, one point five four percent, and pressure on the euro at one twelve. Both Japan and Hong Kong were down almost two percent. London and Germany, European markets were basically unchanged little movement there. A lot of things to talk about today, uh, but first we're going to be talking to Wendy Wilson as she helps us uh, with our journey with our health. Good afternoon, Wendy. Oh, good afternoon, Melody, and hello, Al. How's it going? Good. How are you doing, Wendy? I'm okay. Uh, I thought we'd talk about America today being dirt poor. Uh, I don't mean financially. I mean the land being dirt poor because soil is real important in a lot of ways because without healthy soil we can't um, grow healthy sustaining crops and we can't sustain our health so we really do need to grow more organic we need to um, change the crops that we plant each year and also let the land rest to rebuild the minerals but we're not doing that so people have really noticed a lack of flavor a lot of fruits and vegetables when you go buy them in the store. And when you compare an organic-grown apple, for instance, with a conventional one, the organic has much more flavor, crispness, vibrant color, juiciness. And did you know that in 1900, our great-grandparents ate about 131 pounds of homegrown vegetables? Americans today, in comparison, eat over 400 pounds of vegetables and 275 pounds of fruit each year. So why are we eating three times what our ancestors ate? Why is that? Any idea, Al? Because we're bigger. (laughs) Now, how about you, Melanie? Got an idea? There's more of us? No, well, we'll get to that in a minute, but good Good guesses. Well, according to Scientific American, our U.S. soil is severely depleted from modern agricultural practice. So the mass production of the food has really stripped our soil of minerals, and minerals are necessary to repel pests and harvest healthy crops. 
So the genetically modified crops that have the pest-resistant chemicals built into them, they are less nutrient-rich than the foods that were produced in the 1970s. Now, there was a study done at the University of Texas at Austin's Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry in 1999, and then they reported that they analyzed 43 different vegetables and fruits, and they compared them to the nutrient data from crops that were grown in the 1950s. And what they found were reliable declines in the nutrients. And specifically, the food grown in 1999 had less protein, calcium, phosphorus, iron, vitamin B2, and vitamin C. So agriculture is really focused on pest resistance, faster growth cycles, and the size or weight of the product, and not on the nutrition content. Here's a quote from the Nutrition Security Institute. They say an apple a day keeps the doctor away. They said probably not. The apple of today has lost about 82% of its magnesium and high percentages of other nutrients compared to an apple that was grown 100 years ago. So that's pretty striking. Uh, Researcher Donald Davis from the University of Texas, he also stated that there have likely been other declines in nutrients uh, other than magnesium. Uh, but he says we, back in the 50s we didn't, and earlier we didn't graph those nutrients like zinc and vitamin B6 and vitamin E. So he says most likely since the 50s we've lost some of that nutrition, but we just don't have anything to compare it to to see how much we have lost. Now, Cushy Institute analyzed nutrition data. They collected in the 70s, they looked at vegetable data from 1975 to 1997. This is what they found. Overall, calcium had dropped 27%, iron dropped 37%, vitamin A dropped 21%, and vitamin C dropped 30%. And it's not just here in the U.S. Uh, The U.K., the British were also studying their nutrition in their foods, and their report uh, was published in the British Food Journal, They looked at data from the 1930s all the way to 1980, and they noticed that calcium had dropped almost 20%, iron dropped 22%, and potassium dropped 14%. Uh, Now, what's really interesting, overall, the University of Colorado, they did a, a big study on nutrients in our foods, and this is what they concluded they said compare, foods today compared to 100 years ago, he says uh, they've declined anywhere from 40 to 60% with an average about 50% decline in nutrition. Uh, so we're lacking, we're lacking vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, phytochemicals compared to what our grandparents ate. So magnesium, all uh, calcium, iron, phosphorus, potassium, I've dropped. Now organic magazine actually looked at specific foods they said beets have dropped uh, from 1963 to 2000. Beets dropped 50% in nutrition. Spinach dropped 17%. Collard greens, 84%. Corn dropped 30%. Sweet peppers dropped 69%. And our apples dropped 59%. So, um, you know, sometimes when you look at produce and you see kind of an odd-shaped uh, cucumber or misshapen whatever and you don't want to touch it or put it back, well, according to Lisa Gerber of the Natural Society, she says organic produce can sometimes look a little smaller, misshapen, but it's not genetically modified or coated with pesticides, so it's going to be much healthier for you. Um, so basically, our cells need nutrition. 
minerals for life and function, if we don't have these vitamins and these enzymes and these minerals, we have uh, problems with our hormones, our immune system, our blood system, and all our metabolic functions. So if we don't have those adequate nutrients, um, you know, because we'll have a shortfall. And then what we could have is illnesses sort of like uh, not limited to, but anemia, bone loss, blood clots, and brain malfunction. So um, today the USDA recommends that our daily allowance of vegetables, we should have three to five cups of vegetables and two to four cups of fruit. Okay. Per day? Uh, yep, yep. This is per day. This is our daily allowance in order to get the nutrition you need. Now, our great-grandparents, they ate 0.7 cups of those foods per day, which indicates they had superior nutrition in their foods. And this is what happens. When you have adequate nutrition, the body is satisfied on less volume. And that's why we're eating so much volume today is because our nutrition is, is lacking. The body needs more. That makes sense. With, oh yeah, it makes perfect sense. I understand what you're saying, and you know, one of the things that crosses my mind uh-huh. is how do we replace these minerals, for example, after we've taken them out of the soil and they've been consumed? And it seems to me that human waste winds up being the answer to that question. It could be, yeah, an organic type of fertilizer, yeah. Well, and even uh, even organic. I wonder about that. I mean, if we're going to feed all the people in the city, it really points to the idea that you're going to have to collect the human waste and you're going to have to use it for fertilizer to restore the minerals that we're taking out. We use them for a while, and then we process them through. Uh, I don't know if that's true or false, but I'm curious. Do you think that's valid? Yeah, you're going to have to have some sort of natural source, and the chemical sources of fertilizers just aren't adequate. I mean, Well, it's not I only mean, that. They, oh, they only put a couple of things in the fertilizers. Right, they put right. they put a couple of products in the fertilizers. I don't know sodium, potassium, something else, if I recall correctly. Yeah. I don't remember what all goes in there, but it's not much. It's only four, five, three, four, five things at the most that go into typical fertilizers, and they are designed to make the crop look right, run shiny and big, mm-hmm. but it doesn't put any nutrition in it. Right, they are and designed so- to create an appearance, but not a reality. Right. And, you know, that's the big shortfall of it all. This is why we're so sick and people aren't, you know, feeling well. Now, Arlene uh, Buford, uh, a mason of the biochemical, she's a biochemical nutritionist and a counselor. She said, these are good reasons why we should take supplements. Uh, She says, get a good quality supplement. It will have tremendous benefit. So, and here's the thing. You got to be really picky about your supplements even because you could get a bunch of garbage because the majority of the supplements in the U.S. are made by companies in Germany. So these companies have recipe books of supplements. They're called monographs, and these are already approved by the FDA. So anybody, Al, yourself, let's just say you decide one day, hey, I want to go into the supplement business. I can make a lot of money. So you're going to contact Germany, and you're going to say, you know, I want to have a vitamin C, I want to have a a multivitamin, I want to have this, I want to have that. And so you pick a recipe, and they'll private label it for you. And they do this for hundreds of companies and distributors all over the world. And But the problem is is these products are are a combination of synthetic chemicals. They have no organic whole food live nutrition in them. So they're the, you know, illusion, as you were pointed out, with the crops. It looks good, but it's not, it, there's no meat and potatoes there. 
Is so that, I, I don't mean I don't mean to interrupt, but is that why, yeah. like on the internet, you saw you see all these private labels for various vitamins, and you know this does this for you, this does that for you, right? I and mean, the problem just, is, yeah, I mean it's easy to do it. I mean if you've got a monograph that's already got the stamp of approval by the FDA, that you don't really have to go through an approval process. It's already been done, and so you can get a private label going, you can get a distributor going, and you can get your product into a lot of stores, especially if you undercut comp- competition. But the problem is, is these aren't whole food supplements, and so if you have isolated nutrients made from synthetics. There's not the other minerals and enzymes there for the body to absorb and utilize them properly. So your body's forced to take from your nutritional stores to make up what's missing. So this is why people will say, well, I tried this new supplement for a few weeks. I felt great, but then all of a sudden not so great. It's because you ran out of the nutrients that the body was having to add to that product in order to use it. So uh, you can, instead of fortifying, you could do the opposite. (laughs) Does that make Amazing. sense, guys? Yeah, I think yeah, it, it does. does. It's, yeah, it's, it does. it's not, you know, it's not yep. cause for celebration, but it seems to be sensible. We get to a point where maybe we have to maintain a garden in our backyard where yeah. we are particular about providing mm-hmm. what that topsoil really needs to provide adequate crops. Right. Start growing your own uh, stuff. Start dehydrating your own foods. At least you know what you've got there. And the difference between... Um, Supplements out there, whole food supplements are obtained from a concentrated whole food source, whereas your synthetic supplements are called isolated nutrients. They're usually made artificially in an industrial process with petrochemicals. So if your label on your, on your pill bottle there reads like a bunch of chemicals, that's what you have, synthetic chemicals. You don't have any real whole foods. A lot of people that are getting smart, they're starting to notice. And so people are shifting gears in the industry, and they're starting to include some whole food lists on their uh, ingredients there. So that's a good thing. So consumers, you know, becoming a little bit more discerning when it comes to their supplements. And, um, and you have to be careful because this, the pharmaceutical industry also has tapped into these monographs and are producing a lot of um, supplements. Actually, they're buying up a lot of the big supplement companies. Okay, so they may have started out as really good small and mid-sized companies and they had a good reputation of making a solid good product and then they get bought out. And that does not bode well for the future because if they continue producing the product, it'll be so if done so efficiently that the product won't have much in it uh, and they'll be in a position to shut access down to supplements. I mean, when we don't have many local providers. Right. Um, you can you can use your your you know variety to pick from as you you could diminish the quality out there it really can so I tell people you know tilt standards is your highest organic level in growing anything organic herbs and and foods so look for that and then demand for that because it's going to be the best quality you can obtain so and that's what we do at apothecary it's tilt tilt is um letting the land rest five years before you plant a crop and there's no fertilizers used on it, like synthetic fertilizers or pesticides. So it really produces a very high-quality crop. All right, Wendy, why don't you give us a little contact information? Sure. Um, They can uh, call for free product catalog. Apothecary Herbs will send it through the mail to you at 866-229-3663, 866-229-3663. 
three, or you can visit thepowerherbs.com. This is a real good time to get a catalog, get an order in, because we have a new catalog that's going to be coming out this fall So um, before your price increase. So this would be a good time to do that. Okay, Wendy, thank you. Always interesting. Um, Got to keep an eye on everything, including the dirt in your backyard, if you want to be healthy. Uh, that was Wendy Wilson from thepowerherbs.com. 866-229-3663. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom, and we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. to hormone imbalance and when this happens men can experience osteoporosis memory loss irritability blood sugar imbalance weight gain enlarged prostate erectile dysfunction and risk of stroke the human endocrine system manufactures hormones why not feed your system plant nutrition to make the hormones that are right for you for centuries these herbs have been used to balance the male hormone system men you've waited long enough for the male hormone formula. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 for the male hormone formula. 866-229-3663 or online at thepowerherbs.com. 866-229-3663 where your healthcare options just became endless. Since the beginning of the United States, Kings have sought it. Nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
folks, I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. What's next, Melody? Well, we're going to carry through the little special, the one-tenth ounce American Gold Eagle and 20 of the American Silver Eagles. The one-ounce Silver Eagles includes your shipping costs. It came down a couple bucks today, um, $640, $640. You can buy one or 800 at that price. It's a great little price. Includes your shipping costs. That is a one-tenth ounce American Gold Eagle and 20 American Silver Eagles. So give us a call at 800-375-4188. And you can visit our website at dgscoins.com, dgscoins.com. Make sure you sign up for the weekly newsletter. And um, there's all kinds of things uh, that are going on today, Al. And, of course, we usually stick with the economy. But, uh, you know, we were, during the break, we were talking about how crazy things are becoming. Uh, I think everybody knows uh, about the $400 million that the administration uh, gave to Iran and a cash payment. And uh, today there was a... How come they didn't give it to the Clinton Foundation? <laughs> Wouldn't that have got things done a little quicker? Well, this was a They're ransom. It. This was a ransom, though. So, uh, still, you know, the Bill and Hillary—they know how to handle this stuff. You give—you got the money; they can take care of it for you. But you know what's interesting? The 400 million cash payment was in euros and Swiss francs, and uh, Josh Ernest was being questioned by the CBS uh, reporter Margaret Brennan, and uh, they, they just—you know—why is this relevant? You know what? <laughs> You're just trying to make a big deal out of this. And, uh, you know, she, she comes back well, and says, well, we just make want it, to we know. We them with $400 million. You know? you know? Well, but the point is, it was certainly very private. And, um, you know, just like everything else, everything is just done without the the discussion, without the approval. And, you know, it's just, not just without the do. approval. There are times when you see these people doing things and you think they're doing this intentionally just to make us mad. <laughs> and I think they're doing it at times. I get tempted by the thought they're doing it intentionally. They want to show us that they don't have to pay attention to what we think. They don't care about our values. They can do things and just rub our noses in it. We talked a little about this. They're going to, med- they're going to turn some naval battleship into, they're going to name it Harvey Milk after the gay activist who was murdered in San Francisco, right? And I'm saying, oh, that's great. We got to make sure they paint the ship pink. Let's paint the ship pink. If we're going to name it after a homosexual, let's paint the ship pink. And all the sailors who work on that ship, they should be made to wear pink uniforms and with a feather boa. They should have a pink feather boa if they're going to be a seaman on the SS Harvey Milk. Can you imagine, I mean, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, this is, this is, you 15, write this, they say you're crazy, That that's science fiction, it's lunacy, this is never going to happen. No, here it is, it's happening. Uh, and it was the sort of thing that would not even be imagined, conceived of, and it is not a step in the right direction. People are going to say, hey! Hooray for the lesbian, gay, whatever they are, transgender and racist sort of thing. Hooray for them. We're expanding their rights. You're destroying this country. The truth of the matter is homosexuality is not a lifestyle. It's a death Boy. style. And, what it, and the evidence of that is that the life expectancy for homosexuals back in the yeah, 80s. That was a long time ago. Yeah, you can't, even, you can't even keep reporting it because it was so long ago and things do change. 
things do change. Things it do may change. be that their life expectancy is not diminished as no, much. I mean, I think that was. was much related to AIDS and sure everything was. like that. Sure so, was. But it was also aided to drugs. It was yeah. aided. It was. It, it, and I, I agree, you know, but I, I don't think. I mean, that was such a long time ago. I'm not no, sure that, that was such a long time ago. Still apply. Well, look up. Anyone who wants homosexual life expectancy, Google it. And you'll see that there's plenty of current information that supports the contention. It may be that the back then researchers, some of them, concluded that the average homosexual's life expectancy was diminished by as much as 30 years by engaging in that life ex- lifestyle. Today, maybe it's only 15. But I guarantee you, if there was, if the homosexual lifestyle could cause you to live an extra five years, they'd be you'd never hear the end of it, right? Homosexuality is more lethal, on average, in my opinion, than smoking cigarettes. Cigarettes might take five years off your life expectancy. Homosexuality will probably take 10, 15. And we're going to celebrate that, and we are teaching children that it's okay, it's a lifestyle choice. No, it's not. It's a form of slow suicide. And I don't care if people want to be gay or not. That is not my issue. But the idea that they can say, oh, it's just so gay to be gay, uh-huh, but you're going to lose 10, 15 years of life expectancy by making that lifestyle choice, all right? It's one of the reasons it is as irresponsible to advocate this alleged lifestyle as it is to teach children to smoke cigarettes. It is, it's even more irresponsible. And it shouldn't be done, and it shouldn't be, you know, getting Harvey Milk. My God, you know, not George Washington or George Patton or somebody, no, Harvey Milk on a battleship. I don't see, I mean, there's going to be a lot of strange things happen on that ship. That's just going to be a little too weird. So, in any case, there are times when you see this, and it's just as if they're doing it intentionally. They just say, watch, what's this? Watch what I could do. I can make the public really aggravated. I can make them really angry but you know what al no one seems to be really aggravated nobody seems to be effectively aggravated nobody seems to be indignant about this sort of thing it's just taken for granted like we're talking during the program it's like a a brand new game of america's got talent only instead of america's got talent we have america's got lunatics and they're up in washington dc and they're trying to put on a better show i can do something really crazy and the next guy comes along oh that was nothing watch this i can do this and every one of their acts one way or another does something contrary to the culture that made this country great and they have some idea that we can just continue this and continue this and or they seem to have the idea that we can continue this I don't know, bizarre, bizarre behavior. We can continue this and somehow the country's going to hold together. And I don't think do it you will. Wanna, do you want to hear another bizarre news article today? Um, you only have one more? <laughs> for the show, you anyway. You must have only we read only two. have ten minutes for this, for this segment, and I figured we ought to talk about money. But, but um, the U.N. Yep. says they should tax meat. Mm-hmm until it is too expensive 
to eat. This is yep. a new UN. You heard that? You read that one today? I know. Yes, yeah. in technocracy news and trends. Yeah. yeah, well, in various places, but yeah, because of global warming. Yes. Agriculture consumes 80% of water and water, water in the U.S., most of that being for meat. Well, so you don't want to feed those animals. Yeah. Plus, you also have agriculture today accounts for one-third of global greenhouse gas emissions that promote global warming. Mm-hmm. And half of those agriculture emissions, emissions come from livestock. Yep. So let's get rid of meat. Let's tax it till no one can eat it. Only the rich people can eat it. And I'm the very wealthy people, the elite. And I don't mean just the rich. I'm talking about the elite. Are you talking about Soylent Green? Yeah. <laughs> that was a meat byproduct. You may remember, I can't remember, the, the Omega Man, I think, was the name of the movie. Charlton Heston, and I don't remember who else. And it was the idea that the scoops are coming periodically, <laughs> and they're like front-end loaders, and they would catch people in the streets and scoop them up and throw them in the back of the truck. And it turns out they were processing people into soil and green, and that was their main source of nutrition. So they were eating other people in order to stay alive. But here's the thing from the U.N. Let me just say, just let me, this report says that uh, livestock creates 14.5% of the mm-hmm. greenhouse gas emissions yeah, yeah, yeah. that contribute to climate change. I mean, like, really? Yeah. Um, assuming we really do have climate change and the rest of that. And I'm not yeah. arguing we don't the rest, of, but I'm just saying the whole. it's certainly a controversial subject. But... They're not going to make you live in a protein-free world, folks. The U.N. has an alternative to meat. And people, they say, would be much more sustainable if they Mm -hmm. ate insect protein instead. Yep. Okay? So, I don't know. Cockroach, it's what's for dinner. How about that, Melody? Put a couple of cockroaches on the grill, on the barbie. Um, What is happening you know this is another one of those stories my god you think this this is <laughs> i know somebody's just gotta be a joke this isn't real. no this apparently this is apparently a true story it's a true story and i don't even know how people could even come up with this and that but this is something that they want to promote it's just not an article it's just that somebody's writing about it this is a program that the that, U.N. That they're advocating at the yes. U.N. Yeah. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen tomorrow. But we're not going to have a homosexual, an avowed homosexual. Uh, his name won't be 10 years ago. We would never have a battleship with an avowed homosexual's name on it. Here we are. I mean, you're looking at a glimpse of the future. Uh, insects, they're what's, uh, it's bugs. It's what's for dinner. Uh, I know it's just it's just anyway I just thought that was kind of oh yeah it's yeah it's definitely out there there's no question about that here's another one these globalists think though this is how these elite think you know and it's and they're everywhere in our lives but well you know what they are they're again more too much time on their hands with too much money you know, false premises lead to false conclusions. You get people in positions of power that have good intellect. Right? But if you can feed them a false premise, 
they accept it. The logic of that premise will take them to conclusions that are bizarre and perhaps even dangerous. But the logic of the premise, the logic that you'd say, okay, I believe this. Okay, if you pick up a particular system of belief, it will necessarily take you to certain conclusions. Either they'll take you, it'll take you to these conclusions, or you'll have to abandon that original premise. Well, we have people in, in positions of power who haven't good in, intelligence in a lot of instances, and yet they wind up with bizarre premises, and they follow them, and they follow them, and they follow them. So as long as they assume that premise is true, they can lead you to disaster. From my perspective, classic example would be the people who sat back and said, oh, a debt-based monetary system. This is genius. This is brilliant. It's never been done before. We're so smart. This is assuming they, they gave us a debt-based monetary system for benign reasons. Maybe they were smart enough to see, we'll give them a debt-based monetary system, and that will destroy them for sure. It'll take a few decades, but it'll get them. Maybe that's what they were thinking about. Maybe they thought, this is genius. We got this. We're under control now. We can run the economy. We can keep everybody happy. All we have to do is use a debt-based monetary system. As long as they accept that premise and they keep on operating, they say, well, debt-based monetary system, that must be good. It will take us to things like negative interest rates. It will take us to things like perpetual bonds, which I wrote about just this last week and we talked about last week on the on the. Uh, on the program, perpetual bonds. It's the idea that you get a bond, all right? The government can issue bonds that will be a perpetual bond, meaning they'll never pay interest on the bond and they'll never redeem the principal. So you could give $100,000 to the government and the government would give you a bond, only it would never pay interest and you'll never get your hundred grand back. And people are seriously talking about this. Intelligent, well-educated people are talking about this, and they should be saying, are you out of your effing minds? And it said, no, this is reasonable. Well, it is reasonable if you accept the premise of debt-based money or currency. If you accept that premise, it will lead you to conclusions that are just, it's like science fiction, and, and yet here we are got an article here from Go Banking Rates. 64% of Americans don't have $1,000 in emergency savings. A new survey cut and conducted by the National Foundation for Credit Counseling found that a whopping 64% of Americans don't have $1,000 in their savings accounts to cover emergency expenses. These individuals said they would unfortunately have to turn to an outside source to ask for money if an unexpected expense propped up. They'd have to borrow it. They'd have to pawn something. They'd have to go to their parents or relatives or friends or something to try to borrow the money if they had an emergency cost over $1,000. They have a graph here. How much money is in your savings account? Um, for people who have less than $1,000, 0 to 999, there are uh, 28%. All right. For people who have a thousand to five thousand, we have eight point nine percent. For people who have five thousand to ten thousand, we have four point two percent, and we have forty four percent. Ten thousand or more, excuse me, uh, almost fourteen percent have ten thousand or more in their savings account, but forty four percent of the country have nothing. 
nothing in their savings account. Now, that, those, those numbers scare me. I think we're coming forward big trouble in this country. We may not get to it for another year or two. We might get to it before the end of this year. I don't know when it's going to happen, but we're headed in that direction. And people who enter that trouble with virtually no savings are going to be in great peril. If there's one thing I can recommend to people more than anything else, you got to make it your business to save every dime you possibly can and save it in a medium that is actually trustworthy and that won't be bonds stocks it won't be paper and it it won't be paper and it will be gold and silver we'll take a break for a couple of commercials melody and i will be right back on financial survival please stay tuned their life, and you don't want the negative side effects of aspirin, ibuprofen, or prescription drugs. They can lower immunity and cause dependency. Is there a safe alternative? I'm herbalist Wendy Wilson, and I prefer willow bark and meadowsweet herbs to control pain, fever, aches, and inflammation. God's herbs are good, and you won't be disappointed. Call Apothecary Herbs for pain or extra strength pain relief formula, toll-free, 866 866- Two two nine three six six three. That's eight six six two two nine three six six three. International seven zero four eight seven five eight zero one zero or online thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Addis, here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We've got a little article here from Gains and Pains. That's the name of this newsletter. Uh, and the headline is, Another triple-digit 2008 trade setup has just hit. Uh, the headline's not very clear. I don't necessarily agree with everything. I agree with, the, I agree with the, the tone and basic conclusions. I don't necessarily agree with all the facts 
the pains and gains presents here, and I'll show you why when we get into this. It says, for seven years, the world operated under a complete delusion that central banks somehow fixed the 2008 crisis. Right? We'd, oh, going to be recovery, going to be what's all under control. No, that's not true. Uh, it hasn't been fixed. All of their arguments claiming this defied common sense. A fifth grader could tell you that you cannot solve a debt problem by issuing more debt. All right? And there I agree with them. All right? I mean, the whole problem is this debt-based monetary system, and when we begin to have too much debt, their solution is to implement more debt. This thing's going to blow up in our faces, folks. It's like trying to, put, it's trying, to, trying to put out a fire by pouring gasoline on it. It's not going to work. It's only going to make things worse. So they go on and they say, so it's a little surprise that no one would admit the facts that the Federal Reserve and other central banks not only don't have a clue to how to fix the problem, but they actually have almost no incentive to do so. I disagree that they have no clue. I think they understand the problem. But what are you going to do? The Federal Reserve is the central banks in general. Um, and the Federal Reserve and their global debt-based monetary system, those are the problems. The solution to the problem is to eliminate the debt-based monetary system. But we can't eliminate the debt-based monetary system without also eliminating the Federal Reserve and other central banks. It's their only product. You know, obviously the Federal Reserve and other central banks, which have nothing to offer the world other than their debt-based currency, they're not about to eliminate debt-based currencies because if they do, they must destroy themselves. The central banks are the problem. The debt-based currency is the problem. And the people that we're dealing with the central banks, they have nothing to offer us but more debt-based currency. They don't want to admit that the, this is the problem. It's their only product. If they admit that the problem is the, is the, the debt-based currency that they've been providing for the last several generations, they make that admission, they're going to have to admit that they're the bad guys. They're the villains. They can't do that, and it's part of the reason why this problem proliferates and no one seems to get a handle on it. Why is it we haven't been able to fix this? Why haven't we had a recovery? And the answer is we have a system that has a systemic flaw that extends around the globe. It's not just here in the United States. It goes around the world, and the essence of that flaw, in my opinion, is sent is a debt-based currency. Um, again, if you want to get rid of the problem, get rid of the central banks. But don't imagine, don't dream, don't fantasize that the central banks are capable of solving or even admitting the problem because they are the problem. Now, according to gains and pains, they continue, and they say the real problem for the financial system is the bond bubble. Well, I agree that the bond bubble is a big problem. But from my perspective, they might be right, I might be wrong, but from my perspective, the problem is the debt-based monetary system. That's the central problem. They say the real problem is the bond bubble. The bond bubble was created. <laughs> By the debt. I understand. I, I think that, bond, I think we that wouldn't debt. have a bond bubble if we didn't have the other problem. I don't think we could have any bubbles to no. speak of if it weren't for a debt-based monetary system. Because what inflates these bubbles? And it is credit, which is to say debt. Every time we have a bubble, it's because too much. 
too much of this debt-based currency flowed into a particular kind of investment. If we had gold and silver, we can't afford to be stupid. We can't afford to be frivolous. We can't afford to put invest in things that are likely to lose our wealth. When we have debt-based, all you have to do is make a promise. That's all debt-based is. It's promised-based currency. Somebody promises, oh, yeah, I'm, I'll pay that. I'll give you $1,000. I'll give you a trillion dollars, whatever. Make a promise. There. It's that easy. If you have the proper credit rating like government, you can make a promise for a trillion dollars and nobody winks. Nobody blinks. But if you're using gold or silver, your promise is worthless. I'm not interested in your promise. I'm interested in your productivity. What have you earned? How much money have you saved? How much can you actually spend? Not borrow, spend. How much do you have of your own? That's evidence that you are worthy of buying something. This, this debt-based system is, is just a kind of madness, but it's, what you, but it's what fills these bubbles. These bubbles would never be inflated. They would not exist to, to any significant degree if the world had to inflate them with real gold or real silver. People that have brains up say, that's crazy. I'm not going, putting all that, not putting real money into these bonds. But if it's, if it's just debt-based currency that can be spun out of thin air, why not? <clears throat> any case, their first, their first, the real problem is the bond bubble. You know, I have a different opinion. Then they go on number two, derivatives market that uses this bond bubble. Bubble is collateral is over $555 trillion in size. And I agree. All right. This derivatives market is another insanity that flows from you pick up some stupid premise, garbage in, garbage out. False premises lead to false conclusions. They picked up a false premise. One of the false premises and the primary false premise is that a debt-based currency can replace an asset-based money, and it just can't. And once you embrace that original premise, oh, yeah, we can do this with, we can do this with debt-based currency – Derivatives, in my opinion, are one of the logical consequences. They make perfect sense if you accept the debt-based monetary premise. Accept that premise, sooner or later you'll get to derivatives. Now they're over $555 trillion in size. And what's the global economy? That's about 10 times the size of the global economy. This is a formula for disaster. We have been led there by logic, but logic applied to false premises. You know, on number three, many of the large multinational corporations, sovereign governments, and even municipalities have used derivatives to fake earnings and high debt. All right? They don't even know how big this how big a problem it is with using derivatives to fake earnings and high debt, but they point out in their article that twenty percent of the CEOs of major corporations have admitted that they essentially cook the books in order to create false false appearances of the profitability of their corporations. And that's 20% who've admitted it in a, in a valid survey, and they speculate that it could be a lot more than that who won't make the admissions. They go on, corporations are more leveraged than they were in 2007. Uh, in 2000, when, when corporate bonds were $3.5 trillion, Today, there's $7 trillion, so it's doubled in the past nine years. That doesn't necessarily scare me. That's not good. I understand it's trouble. But given nine-year period and the rate of inflation and everything else that's going on, 
I'm not convinced that doubling from three and a half trillion to seven trillion is necessarily catastrophic. It's bad. All right, it's not going to do us good. But I'm not convinced it's necessarily catastrophic. Catastrophic, although it may be. They think uh, big gains and pains think it is catastrophic. I'm not yet convinced. Central banks are now all leveraged at levels greater or equal to Lehman Brothers when it imploded. The Fed is leveraged at 78 to 1. The European Central Bank is leveraged at over 26 to 1. Lehman Brothers was leveraged at 30 to 1. They're telling us that the Federal Reserve and the European Central Bank, the European Central Bank is about as messed up as Lehman Brothers was before it went under. And the Federal Reserve is actually more than twice as bad as Lehman Brothers was. I don't know. Again, this is the sort of thing. Are we comparing apples to apples or apples to oranges? Um, the Federal Reserve is something of an illusion. I'm not here to defend it, but I recognize it can maybe get away with some things that Lehman Brothers could not. But it's still bad business. Finally, central banks have no idea how to exit their strategies. Fed minutes released in 2009 showed Janet Yellen was worried about how to exit when the Fed's balance sheet was $1.3 trillion. Today it's over $4.5 trillion. Um, they have no exit strategy. I, I agree with that. They have no exit strategy because the only way to get out of this mess is get rid of debt-based currency. If we get rid of debt-based currency, get rid of Federal Reserve notes. All right? We're going to have to only lend money to the government from people who actually have money, not, not credit. And it can't be based on just credit. Somebody's got to put up some real money, gold or silver. The whole system goes down if they get rid of the debt-based currency. So how do the, Fed, the central banks have no idea how to exit, how to get rid of their, how to exit their strategies? They can't without destroying the one pro their one their one and only product which is debt based currencies. Well, I don't know, Melody, did you have something you want to jump in there with? No, I mean I agree with the idea that the central banks they can't. It's not that they don't have an idea. Yeah, they that's, can't. that's what I'm, yeah. They can't exit their strategies. Yeah, There's they can't. no way they can't. They can't exit without admitting that they're the bad guys. They're not the ones that, that put I us mean, in this mess. Yeah, so we're at a point in time where this is going to play out. I think we're getting close to the end where the system will collapse. I mean, you can hear about all these, you know, all people talk about, well, you know, we need to fix this. We need to bring good jobs good paying jobs back to this country. We need to do this. We oh, need to yeah. do that. None of that can be done until this problem is fixed, until it fixes itself. And if those in charge decide to go the right road or the, or the wrong road once again. So this is the, 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 this is the stem of the problem. This is the heart and it's why we've painted ourselves into a corner that we will not exit gracefully no. or painlessly. This is going to be a terrible problem. And those of you who do not prepare yourself by leaving as much as you can the debt-based monetary system, I, I'm not saying you can't use Federal Reserve notes to go buy groceries and whatever. I get that. But you need to start moving your wealth from Federal Reserve notes, debt-based monetary debt-based uh, debt-based currency into something that is asset-based, and that would include gold and silver coins. Earlier, when this thing goes down, you're relying on paper, you are going to be in big, big trouble. 
And so many folks are so concerned about the banks, as you should be. Just today I was on a different program, another program, caller had said that he tried to withdraw over $10,000 to mm -hmm. buy a piece of equipment, and he wasn't allowed to. Yeah. Um, people are concerned about that. They hear these stories, but yet people feel kind of safe with your retirement accounts, with your yeah. 401s. You feel, for some reason, you feel a little more comfortable. You're scared to death of the banks, but yet you feel, and folks... You if you can't get your money out of the banks, what How makes you, you think, think you're going to get, get your get money, your money out, out of banks? Exactly. Yeah. What do you think? You think your brokers are actually going to be able to, to, to process your, your sell trades and get you a check and the system collapses? Oh, they might get you a check, but it Some won't be will. for as much as you were hoping for. And you might have expected years? to get $3,000 a month, and guess what? Well, we're only going to let you take $800 a month. What's the difference between that and a bank that says, no, you can't take $10,000 out of your bank account? You know what, folks? It's hard to believe it can happen here in the United States, but it's going to. It's we, as crazy as it. a battleship named after some uh, homosexual got killed. I mean, we hear about in Italy and Greece and Cyprus and, and places that we haven't heard about. Look what's happened in Venezuela. I mean, every place. There's, that's what we talk about. There's so much turmoil everywhere. And it's all generated from this debt-based currency. currency system. Exactly. That's where it flows from. The whole thing is mad. It that's will how we got this you enormous what, debt. You know what, Al? We are also part of that heart. This is this is it. This is this is the beast. So we will be affected by it. Nobody's going to escape. No this, one will but escape. Some will do better than others, and some may not even survive. If you want to survive, you're going to have to prepare and get ready for it. If you want to gamble, huh? get yourself Vegas. put your put your wealth into pieces of paper. But the whole idea we've got, you know, this is the danger in this debt-based monetary system. It's all based on nothing but promises. We don't need productivity. All we need are promises. I promise to pay. Good enough. Here's a house. I promise to pay. Good enough. Here's a car. Here's whatever. It can't be that way. You must produce something. And you must and I must and Melody must. We have to provide some sort of productive effort in our lives. You can't just, and we have a, we have I'll bet you a third of the population doesn't think we actually have to produce anything. These people are going to have a, they're in for a terrible lesson. I mean, they're going to be hurt badly. So what do you do? I, you do what you can to take care of yourself first and foremost. Get right with the good Lord. That would be the first thing. Absolutely. Take care of yourself and your family and hunker down and get ready for some serious problems and try to encourage your neighbors to take care of themselves. Because if they don't, they're going to be looking for you. I'm Alfred Addis. I'm here with Melody Cedarstrom. We're out of time. I want to thank all of you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow in the meantime. The good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye. I work all night. I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. There never seems to be a single penny left for me. Left you flat. In my dreams, I have a plan. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a ball.
The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. People realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
New World Order. And now, Jay Shanahan. All right, folks. Good evening. I'm used to saying good afternoon, but good evening. I am your host, Jay Shanahan. For those of you that, uh, you know, maybe you're a little bit confused here if you didn't get the memo, this is the Condition Critical Show. This is my live show for Tuesday night. Uh, what is it, the 26th day of July 2016? As you guys all know from last week, my schedule has changed, and there was maybe some abruptness there and what have you, but I am live, and I am your host, Jay Shannon. I know you're used to listening uh, to Frank at this hour, but he has graciously offered me this time slot so I could continue to do my show with my new schedule. And we'll just see how it goes there, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you all stay tuned in. I will continue to provide for you uh, some cutting-edge commentary and all of that. So let me get on with the administrative stuff. Uh, again, this, uh, this is live. This is not a recording. It is Tuesday night, 26th day of July 2016. It is seven minutes past the hour. And you are still tuned in to the American Voice Radio Network, which means you can go to the American Voice Radio or AmericanVoiceRadio.com. That's a website for this network. And then you can get into the chat room. I see Nunya in there. I see somebody. Uh, John Gaunt withdraws consent is maybe bidding us to do. No, we kind of put the memo out somewhat there, Nunya, last week that, uh, you know, I can't do my shows on Tuesday and, and Wednesday any longer. I mean, on Wednesday and Thursdays any longer. So, again, he graciously offered me this time slot. And I, I mean, how could I resist uh, the 8 p.m. time slot? Uh, this is. Uh, a big chair to fill. I'll do the best that I can. Let me continue on a bit of administrative stuff. Nothing really changes. I have a website. haven't done much on there with the new schedule and all of that, but you can still check it out, conditioncriticalshow.com. That's conditioncriticalshow.com. A couple new things on there, kind of, sort of. Check it out. I encourage you to do that on my blog. A couple donate links. More importantly, the donate link for this network. I would like everybody right now to take the time to go to the donate link for American Voice Radio and donate $5, Frank would appreciate it. And as I always say, so would I. Again, I'm not filling in for Frank. This is, uh, I, you know, as far as I know, it's, it's temporarily permanent or permanently temporary, uh, given the fact it will be you know, changing again here in, uh, in January. And things might even change before that, because it's still pretty chaotic where I work, so I won't get into all of it. But, uh, yeah. A lot of business, not enough people, pretty much. So what else? That's about it. Let's just get on with some things. Uh, like I say, nothing's going to really change. My show is going to be the Condition Critical Show, and that's, that's where we are right now this evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I would uh, maybe see some more people come in and out of the chat room. If not, no big deal. There is a call-in number, 1-800-932-1980. That's the call-in number. And call in Frank. Frank will answer, and he'll put you on the air. Uh, for those of you that have stayed tuned in, you just got done listening to Frank and Al, one of my more favorite shows on AVR. They go over a lot of stuff. It's a really good show. I like the new format, which isn't really new. They've been both for quite a while now going without a break, and I think it just works better that way uh, to not interrupt those two guys. And while they kind of talk what they're talking about, they if you really pay attention, and I'm sure that uh, – I'm preaching to the choir here. You can really learn a lot. I take notes usually. And, uh, you know, if not with a pen and a paper, I use my handy-dandy notepad on my iPhone 
and I save links and I look up the different U.S. codes and all that kind of different thing that you know that they talk about might come in handy someday. So there you go. Just thought I would uh, put that plug in for that show. It's a great show. I would actually like to hear it more often. All right. Well, let's just uh, let's just get on with the condition critical show, there, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let's see. Since we last spoke, a lot of stuff happens. I mean, the world moves kind of quickly. Given the fact that we're falling off the edge of the world, things are kind of out of control. What we've had, what we've had at two or three. Uh, what do you want to call them? I hate to I hate to call them terrorist attacks because I don't believe in the whole concept of, of terrorism as as they define it now. Their whole narrative, but let's just for the sake of argument, that's what they call them. You had another one in. France, Normandy this time, that's right, Normandy, northern France, you had a couple of Muslim savages uh, take some hostages in a church, and they killed an 81 or 86-year-old priest, and then the cops obviously killed them, that's how it works. So you had that, you had, I don't know what the circumstances were, or the demographics were in Japan, where you had a, a knife attack, so this dude kills 19 people in a knife attack. That's a pretty prolific knife attacker dude right there, you know, to, to get away with or to accomplish that feat to kill 19 people with a knife. Uh, you know, I, you know where, where were the men? I, I don't know. I, I haven't read anything about it. I just kind of saw the headline. And then you had, I think you had another uh, two more attacks in Germany. You had uh, a Syrian refugee, asylum seeker, as they like to call him. He got denied entry into some festival somewhere. And he so he came back with uh, 50 pounds of TNT strapped to his back and blew, blew himself up. <laughs> They're calling it a suicide bombing. Jeez, <laughs> where'd they come up with that, a suicide bombing? I mean, a guy straps 50 pounds of dynamite to himself and detonates himself. Yeah, okay, that's a suicide bombing. So you had that one. And I think there was one more. Uh, it's slipping my mind right now. It, it kind of doesn't matter. But this whole concept, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of, of how they're forcing... You know, these uh, asylum seekers, that's a, they got all these little cute names for them, asylum seekers, you know, refugees, and, and, and what have you, when they're nothing more than invaders. And, and you know, Angela Merkel, and what's his name in, in France? Uh, France, Francis, Francis Hollande, or Francois Hollande, whatever he calls himself. You know, they've let these people in to those countries over there and to those nations over there. And, I mean, you get what you get. So I don't really have much sympathy for them or the people because, you know, at the end of the day, the people let it happen. But we got problems right here in this country, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I didn't pay much attention, you know, to the Republican National Convention. Uh, and, you know, I don't have a lot of regard for the Republicans, Donald Trump included. Uh, politicians are politicians. But I will say this. Republicans don't repulse me near as much as Democrats do. Democrats are just a kind of a special breed, okay? They are just a special breed of, of call them human beings, creatures, whatever you want to call them. That would be Democrats. Uh, these are vile, and these are, you know, disgusting people. And I haven't watched any of the Democratic National Convention, just like I didn't watch any of the Republican National Convention. I did, however, tune into uh, Ted Cruz, a little bit of his... Uh, pathetic speech, and I caught most of Donald Trump's speech, which, okay, whatever. Now, as far as the Democratic National Convention goes, I haven't, I've just caught snippets, like, uh, you know, on the radio, like a news account or something like that. And, of course, you have all the chants from the Bernie supporters uh, booing 
even Bernie Sanders, when he said Hillary Clinton must be president, and that whiny, pathetic old man, East Coast uh, Jewish voice uh, that he has. And they, they, they shouted him down, uh, booed him, not necessarily off the stage, but they booed him. And to, to, their, to not so much their credit, because nothing that they're doing is to their credit. These are, these are disgusting, vile people. But, you know, they have all their disgusting and vile celebrities and all that that come out and give them endorsements and, and do some speaking and all that. Well, they had Sarah Silverman, and she's a comedian, and she's a pig. She's just no two ways about it. Sarah Silverman is, is a pig. So she comes out, and she's trying to shut the crowd up by calling them. She's saying, you're acting ridiculous, and you're being ridiculous. Well, that's what they think about you, uh, they're Democrats. So there's one of your heroes, Sarah Silverman. She's someone that gets on HBO and is, does some pretty vile and disgusting stuff on HBO. She's a very, she's a degenerate, okay? And that's what Sarah Silverman thinks of you, because she can kind of get away with because she's not running for office or anything like that. And I'm going to get into some of this other stuff. But I did want to mention that about Sarah Silverman, because I've never cared for this, this, this person. But that's the kind of people out there that you have representing the Democratic Party. Sarah Silverman, there you go. Now, what I did want to focus on somewhat, and I didn't listen to it, but you had Michelle Bigfoot Obama. That's the, uh, the boyfriend-wife of the half of a black guy president. Now, normally... First ladies, if you will, and these are nothing, you know, these, these, are, these are not ladies. That's what they call them. So just for the sake of it, I'll call Michelle Bigfoot Obama, okay, she's the first lady, whatever. But what I was going to say is normally first ladies have been kind of left uh, out of the mix, kind of. But I don't know when it changed. I don't know, if, and, and I don't know if it changed with Hillary Clinton, the role of the first lady, if you will, but it certainly to me, that's where it changed, because she became something more of just a first lady, someone who would go out and, and maybe support like a lemonade stand or, or go down to the local 4-H club and, 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 and dedicate a barn or, or do something just kind of obscure. Hillary Clinton was an unelected woman who was the wife of a, of a, of a pretty lousy president and a degenerate himself, Bill Clinton, who had... Not even arguably more power than the vice president who was Al Gore at the time. Okay. Now, I'm not saying Michelle Bigfoot Obama has kind of, you know, overtaken that role or kind of replicated that role, if you will, as far as having a lot of power. But she thinks she does. Because that's how blacks are. They're very righteously indignant, and that's just how they are. Now, I bring her up again for a reason. And as I said, most of the time, first ladies are kind of, you leave them out of it. But hey, when they interject themselves into the political spectrum, then they're open game. So my point, you know, my, my, another point would be, they don't get to have it both ways. And an ongoing theme with me is this whole, one of my mantras is, we're all the same until we're not. Because there's all this, you know, I have an article in, somewhere in my little filing system here about, uh, uh, it's his mom, and she wants to go out shopping for her daughter, right? But she wants to do it like in a gender-neutral way. And she's having a hard time doing it. She goes to the store, and they got uh, monster pajamas for the boys and, 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 and Princess Leia uh, pajamas for the, for the girls. 
And in the toy section, you got uh, uh, dump trucks for the boys. And then over here, you got Barbie dolls for the girls. And she doesn't want that, that. She doesn't want that for her daughter. She doesn't want that for her daughter, who happens to be, let's see, a daughter. That's uh, that's right. It's a female. She doesn't want her daughter to identify as a female. Why? I don't know. But they buy into this whole, we're all the same. But at the same time, they really don't, because here's the headline. This is from USA Today. Gender, race, Trump. Michelle Obama went there. Now I'm just going to read from the article a little bit. And the headline's out of Philadelphia. Again, it's USA Today. First Lady Michelle Obama, whose words were borrowed by Donald Trump's wife at the Republican National Convention last week, responded Monday with an unusually politically or political speech in which she took aim at the Republican nominee for being temperamentally unsuited to the job her husband now holds. Don't let anyone tell you, and this is a quote, don't let any, anyone ever tell you that this country isn't great, that somehow we need to make it great again, because this right now is the greatest country on earth. Well, that's a kind of a far cry from what she said initially when the, her half of a black husband was nominated and elected back in, what was it, 2008, when she said she, she's never been proud of this country. So when, what, does she, what, what does she mean? Or which one does she mean? Is this country great? Is it the greatest country that there ever was? Is what she's saying here again? Uh, make it great again? Because this right now is the greatest country on earth. Or was she telling the truth back then that she was never proud of her country? Which one? That's what I mean about these people. It's all doublespeak with them. And you just got to really catch them on this. She went on to say, and I quote, let me find it here. Then she went on to say enthusiastically, afterwards, she enthusiastically endorsed the crooked Hillary. And that's a, I guess, uh, I guess, I see I have a caller, but hold on, I want to make this point. Uh, I guess that's what Donald Trump calls her, crooked Hillary. But I'll go ahead and, and just use that for, for Hillary Clinton. But before I continue any further, I see we have a caller. So go ahead, caller. What's your name, and uh, where are you calling from? My name is Bob. Well, and, hey, Bob. <laughs> and I've heard you've been talking about me on the air. Hey, you know what? That's just what I do. <laughs> you know, call SWAT. You, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Call the SWAT team. You know, I'm ready for him. Tell so. them it's that guy again. It's me. It's now, that Jay I was Jay just Shannon. wondering where my, what happened to my favorite show. I mean, where where is it? I mean, well, I, no, no, I'm it, just kidding, man. You know, I'm just. <laughs> but is, is he dead? Did he die? Is so. that what happened? Is he dead? Because that's what you oh, I, everybody wants to know. If I'm not around, what is he dead? Is he finally dead? <laughs> no, I think you're right here. You were just on with Al, ladies and gentlemen, as you all should know. Oh yeah, that's Frank, right. Yes, I was owner of ABR. Here he is. The the voice of the Frank Report, and it, I know it's got to be kind of a change for people, and I'm just trying to, you know, just do this seamlessly, Frank. I'm just trying oh, to I do know, my I'm, show. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, you know, calling in to let anybody out there who, you know, because, you know, how conspiracy theories are. Oh, yeah. And and people will have them over anything, okay? And I just want everybody to know that, uh, you know, I'm happy for Jay to have this, this hour, and I've changed my time you know, many times in the past, uh, you know, for the same reason. Other people's um, schedules change or, you know, things change. And, and I try to be accommodating uh, with my own show, you know, to make room uh, for changes. So it doesn't make any difference to me. And plus, that was my, you know, now I'm going to be self-serving just to let people know and announce that I will be on right after the show. 
Well, that's great. I didn't want to put you on the spot because, uh, you know, I, that's why I tune into ABR. I mean, I listen to the other shows as well, Frank, but I mean, that's the reason you're the reason I've always tuned into ABR. I've always admired you as a, as a, as a host and I'd like your commentary and, I burn your archives up, and I'm just, I'm one of them sycophants. I'm just one of those guys. So. Uh, well, I'm just hoping, you know, I'm, I'm trying to let people know, you know, uh, that's why I held off to the kind of end of your first half, because, you know, I won't bug you anymore. But to let people know that, uh, you know, when Jay's on at 8, I'll be on at 9. So, you know, you just have to wait another hour. And for you folks out there who schedule, you know, that really messes you up and you don't get to listen. There are the archives. And, you know, that's the best I can do for you uh, on that. You know, I realize now it's going to be midnight on the East Coast. But, hey, you guys on the East Coast don't go to bed until after midnight. Well, a lot of people clamor, and I I don't mean that derogatorily or anything, that they always want you to do a second hour anyway. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm one of them. And so, you know, I, I would always tune in anyway, so. So I wonder. Yeah, I now. do want to say thanks. I wonder you know, now, what? though, if anybody's going to want a second hour. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We can right. cut down on those complaints anyway. Oh, I'm thinking you've washed you those uh, pretty good there. You know, so I, because <laughs> I really, I don't. You know, usually I, I don't do a second hour just because people ask. But every once in a while, I'll just do one because I feel like it. And and I and when I do it, I'll admit, you know, I try to make it a surprise. You know. Well, you I certainly really, do. I really do. I go out of my way to try to make it a surprise when I do the second hour. So now it'll really be a surprise. But, okay. you know, I'm glad, and I hope you'll be able to do more than just Tuesday. So I'll put you on the spot under pressure, and, uh, you know, you can get all the hate mail and whatever. Right, right. You know. Well, I am working on that, and it should I should know. The thing is, I don't want to, what I don't want to do is have it be maybe I can do it this Wednesday, but not. I don't oh, even know. Oh, sure. You... Yeah, consistency is, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever's done any with anybody, you know, and that that's anybody, you know, needs yeah. to be consistent because everybody out there knows how the, uh, you know, how people on the internet are, whether they're listening to radio or looking at websites. You know, you go to a website and things don't work out, you know, for you. It's either not there or whatever, or the stream is down or whatever. People just go elsewhere. You know, they, they don't wait around. They don't, you know, they're not going to, there's too many other choices and they just go. So consistency That's, is really important with, you know. It is, but content, anybody. but I believe content is, is more, at least for me, content is more important. I mean, it's just, yeah, that's, you know, that's how I feel. But content, good, uh, honest, you know, thought-provoking and all that kind of content. And I believe that uh, oh, sure. ABR stands, uh, stands alone in that regard, so in that department, so. Well, I think everybody on AVR is sincere, and, and that's how I put it, is that everybody on here, because, uh, you know, I certainly don't agree with everybody uh, every time. I agree with I, I agree with some of what everybody says, and, and I don't agree totally with anybody. But whether I agree or not, and take this to heart too, folks, whether you agree or not, understand that the people are sincere in what they're telling you, meaning... You know, they can be wrong, but they believe what they're saying is the truth. And that means a lot. Uh, you know, you can't get that on television anywhere. No, it's getting you harder and harder to find even on alternative radio. Yeah, it is. You know, it used to be you could go to alternative radio almost anywhere. And, and people were generally sincere and honest and all that. Well, you know, like everything else, 
money has become more important than any of that for most well, well, honestly, most people. Most. I guess it happens. I don't know why it happens, but I guess that happens. But I can usually pick out right away when I'm, and I've listened to other hosts, and I, you know, I just, I can figure it out pretty quick, you know. Well, I can name some hosts. I'll name one, just for instance, Political Cesspool. And I don't have a problem. I think his name's James Edwards, right? James Edwards, whatever. It's political cesspool, dude. Right. He has a network or whatever. Maybe it's not his, but there's just something about his delivery. And it just, and I don't want to say any more than that because maybe people like him, but it just doesn't, it just comes across, I don't know, it just doesn't come across as genuine to me. And so I, I don't listen to the guy any longer. So. Well, and, and, here's, and, and here's the funny thing. He used to have a co-host, uh, and him and his co-host actually started here on AVR. I did not know that. And then they moved they moved off and there was no no bad thing or anything, uh no bad blood or anything, but what ends up happening is success okay, everybody wants to be successful. You know, I, I, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sure. But people you know, and, and to a certain degree, it's true that, you know, money is success. You, the more money you make, the more successful you are. Okay. Well, what happens, at least what I've seen happen, and I don't know if there's a solution to it or not, other than the state poor, that's, that's been my solution anyway. But the uh, you get the money coming in, right? You've got some certain amount of success, right? And, and money's gotcha. coming in. Well, people get used to money. Okay. Oh yeah. And you start buying things. You start getting used to buying things. You get used to having this certain amount of money coming in. Well, and now okay. somebody says, "Hey, you're going to have to do this or stop saying that or this or that or the other thing or you know, some of that money's going to stop." And right. that's generally what happens. And and it and it usually isn't so blatant. Usually it is subtle. A hint a little thing, or you realize, hmm, i got to stop saying that or my money's getting, you know, slowing down. And that's what happens. And after little incremental steps in the wrong direction that way, you know, you wake up one day and you're a lion shill. And then you're not what you were. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, and you never intended for that to happen, but there you are. And this is what I've seen, how it's happened. You know, and I've also experienced, you know, man, you can get used to having money. Well, sure. And you don't want to lose that money. And somewhere along the line, you've got to be willing to cut your nose off to spite your face. And everybody's taught that's a bad thing. You're unreasonable to do something like that. You're crazy to do something like that. Well, sometimes it's ethical to do something like that. And yeah, you've just got to be, money's great, money's fine, success is wonderful, but you've got to be able to say, oh yeah, I don't care, take it, you know, I'm not, I'm not bending, and you know, if you can't do that, you're in danger, you know, that's all, you know, that's the thing, and I've always uh, said, go ahead, I've always said that, that, and I've said it a number of times, I'll say it again, that I believe you could make millions. And, and, okay, if not you, Al, certainly, listening to him uh, this evening, last week, I'm like, this guy, <laughs> this guy, he, he could be on, like, Bloomberg or something like that. They've got these, and you call them shills, 
Mm-hmm. You know, you got these other people out there, these financial analysts, they come on and they're the, the expert financial guy and they're going to get him on. And I'm thinking Alf would just, he could just flame these people and he could, he could be so successful monetarily, but he, he, he's not, he chooses not to be that to me says something. Uh, well, and the You're thing the, is, it's like, it's not a, look, it's not, I don't think it's a choice to be, I don't want to make money. It's a choice that, look, I'm not going to change exactly. what I'm saying. Right. And right. they won't pay you if you're not willing to do that. It's just no, they're not going to listen to what Al has to say. He's not, you know, they're just not. Jill Schlesinger, she's the CBS business analyst, and she's just their girl. And they're not going to take what Al has to say. They're, he's going to come in and audition or go, whoa, whoa, wait a minute here. Okay, show, show him the door. Or like they're Al, going to get are, are, Al, are you willing to wear a tight skirt? Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, that or, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, are you willing to read this script? You can't just say that, but it's the truth. Well, it doesn't matter. People don't want to hear the truth. It's like that Jack Nicholson thing right. in the movie. You you can't handle the truth. And, <laughs> and that is so true. Well, it uh, is. And they could handle it. They just don't want to because they don't want to take responsibility. Because the thing is, I mean, I know you get frustrated, and so do other people, because you know the truth, and you're sitting there, and you want to do something, and you're like, well, okay, what do I do? Am I going to be the one, you know... Because I know if I just, you know, go downtown and take some people out that need out, I'm going to be painted all around the world as some crackpot crazy, and and, and it's not going to do any good. Yeah, it'll get rid of those few people, but it's not going to, you know, it's going to be manipulated to a way that it does more harm than good. Right. You know, and it's a frustrating situation, but... Hey, that's where we're at. You just try to plug along. But i got to let you go because you got to take a break. Well, thanks for uh, calling in, Bob, and we'll talk to you again later. Okay. Okay, fellas, uh, that is time for the break. We'll uh, enjoy the music, and uh, we'll see you afterwards. Thank you.
body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from ABR. The ABR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one of four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click the satellite system. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
to Welcome Back, second half of the Condition Critical Show with your host, Jay Shanahan. That's right, folks. This is the Condition Critical Show. This is my live show, Tuesday evening, 42 minutes past the 8 o'clock hour. It is the 26th day of July 2016. I'm just kind of following along in the chat room with Nunya there. I I didn't know that uh, Rick Ocasek was uh, 67 years old. I I would have to, I'm actually, I don't want to say stunned, but I'm kind of surprised that he's that old. That's, wow. Talented guy. Yeah, he he was married. I don't know if he's still married to the to the to the uh, Eastern European gal there that he kind of hooked up with in some of his uh, videos when he was a uh, 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 became like a single uh, recording artist. Uh, of course, Rick Ocasek, uh, one of the founding members, not necessarily the best lead vocalist of the rock group Cars, and I think they were they went by both names. They went by Cars and the Cars. And then after, what was his name, Benjamin Orr's death, he died of pancreatic cancer. He was, in my opinion, the, the best, the better of the lead singer, as, as far as between him and Rico Ocasek goes. But he died of pancreatic cancer, oh, I don't know, a dozen years ago, ten years ago, something like that, whatever. Uh, and you know how bands do when a, when a, when a, when a uh, prominent member dies, they're, okay, they're done, they're not going to reform, and... And then they were, and then they weren't. Well, they did for a while, and they called themselves the New Cars, and I, I can't tell you what any of their songs were. I don't know if Rico Kasich was even part of that. I know, I believe Todd Rudgren was, uh, but, you know, when it gets into all that, it's beyond, you know, what I was used to and all that. Maybe they were good, maybe they weren't. I don't know. Okay, I see he died in 2000, so I was about right, about a dozen years. So it's a little bit more, but yeah. Pancreatic cancer, very prominent lead singer from the Cars or Cars. There you go. Eddie Money, uh, well, I believe second song, Two Tickets to Paradise. Okay, let's continue on. I want to thank Bob, a.k.a. Frank, for calling in. And I think we maybe covered everything there. So I'll just, I do want to finish up with this article because I think it's important to point out the hypocrisy within the Democratic Party. And that's what we're talking about right now is the Democratic Party. Because as I said, you know, the Republicans, I'm not happy with them, and, and I don't like any politician. But, but Republicans don't repulse me like Democrats do. Democrats are just repulsive, disgusting people. Uh, they just are. They, there's something different about them that, that's just different than Republicans. And I don't know that I can necessarily define it other than that they're just more vile, they're more disgusting, and they're degenerates for the most part. Okay. And Michelle Obama, as I like to call her, Moo Shell, Bigfoot Obama. That's right, the boyfriend, wife of the half of a black guy who calls himself Barack Hussein Obama. Where did I leave off? Well, I left off with her enthusiastically endorsing Democrat Hillary Clinton for president. That's right. And I was mentioned, I referred to her as crooked Hillary. And that's another thing, really. And I'm going to try and get through with this article before the end of the show this evening. But it, and it really ties in with, with the article about, oh, it's so historic, the first woman, and blah, blah, blah. And that's what I mean. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought we were all the same. I thought we weren't supposed to uh, you know, identify one another by gender or by race. That, was, that would be racist or bigoted or sexist or misogynist or all these other isms and name-calling and names that they spew, that they spew. That's what Democrats do. Democrats spew names. 
like racist and bigot and homophobe and all that. They spew those names to shut you up. I thought we were all the same, but uh, I guess we're not. So I want to know how it's so historic. Isn't she just a, it just a, I mean, why are we even saying her if we're supposed to not identify uh, by gender? That's that sexist. You shouldn't do that. We're all the same. We, could, we all can do the same thing. But then out of the other side of their mouth, first woman to be nominated president. Like it's that big of a deal. Like it's that big of a deal. Because it really isn't at the end of the day that big of a deal. At the end of the day, we just want the most qualified person to lead this country to greatness, to take care of this country's people. (coughs) Excuse me, but that's not what the Democrats are doing. The Democrats are for open borders. They're for amnesty at every turn. They call it immigration reform. See, I talked a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was just last week, about calling things what they are. That's what we have to start doing on this side. And I'm not saying from the Republican side. I'm just saying on this side, on the side that someone like I would be on, or listeners to this show or to this network would be on. That is the side of calling things what they are. Immigration reform means amnesty. I was listening to some news account today about uh, this Dave Ross fella. He was interviewing the uh, hotel motel. I think she's half of a dyke. Governor Kate Brown from Oregon, and she was talking about if Hillary Clinton gets elected, she will be able to nominate. And look, you should heed these words. She's predicting that Hillary Clinton would be able to nominate not just two, but perhaps three Supreme Court nominees. What she said is, uh, how did she use it? What was the word she used? And not integral, but can't think of the word she used about how 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 much of an impact, you know, uh, that would be. Those, those two or at least three nominations to the Supreme Court would be to overturn Citizens United. Now, I'm not familiar with Citizens United, but I'm guessing that they don't like it. And because they're, you know, it, 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 I'm guessing because I'm, I'm not familiar with them, so I could be way off, but I don't think I am. Uh, and this is just all about what they call immigration reform. And you have organizations out there, which I suppose uh, Citizens United are opposed to open borders and are opposed to amnesty and are opposed to what the Democrats and some Republicans want to call immigration reform. Now, I'm kind of getting off the beaten path here because I really want to focus on in the waning minutes here of Michelle Bigfoot Obama's uh, speech at the Democratic National Convention. And again, the headline is, and it's important to reinstate the headline or reiterate it, gender and race, and also Trump. Because, let me find it here. The issue, let me just read on, and, see, and, and then we'll get to it. And this is a quote from Michelle. The issues a president faces, now listen, listen. The issues a president faces are not black and white and cannot be boiled down into 140 characters, the first creature said. First lady, it says here, but... She's not a lady. She's not a lady. It's not a person lady thing. It's a creature. It's a Michelle. It's a Bigfoot. Anyway, she went on to quote. It went on to quote. Because when you have the nuclear codes at your fingertips and the military at your command, that's right, the military at your command to dress them up in tutus, right? To let, let them wear lipstick, right? Uh, let them, uh, you know, instead of carrying a rifle and a hand grenade, they, they carry sex toys and and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, sexual lubricant, right, into the foxhole. I'm not kidding. 
Okay. So, yeah, he's got the military at his command. Chiman also, you can't make snap decisions. You can't have a thin skin or the tendency to lash out. Hmm. Okay. It, she, also said, hold on. Now, she's further saying that children look to adults. They always have to, they always have to do that. I mean, that's getting old, isn't it? It's for the children. But it must work because she's doing it. She's drumming up the children. The article goes on and says, she said children look to adults, and especially the president, to shape their values. Uh, no. No, I, I never looked to the president to shape my... Who, who does that? Who instills in their children to look to the president to shape... Who does that? The president is just a politician. Good or bad. And lately, at least in the last 50 or 100 years, they've all been bad. Well, not all. You know how that goes. So anybody that would uh, advise their children to look to the president to shape their values when the parents should be instilling values into them in the first place just proves that they shouldn't have kids. Let me continue on. Make no mistake about it. This November, when we go to the polls, and this is a quote from Michelle Bigfoot, that's what we're deciding. It said, who will have the power to shape our children for the next four to eight years of their lives? Did you hear what she said? Let me repeat that, what this creature said. Who will have the power to shape our children for the next four to eight years of their lives? I'm going to repeat that a third time. Michelle Bigfoot Obama, this is a direct quote from the podium of the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia, and I quote, Who will have the power to shape our children for the next four to eight years of their lives? I can answer that question. I have that power exclusively there, you wench. Not you, and not some president, and not some politician. But that's what, we've, that's what we do now. We leave it up to the politicians. We leave it up to someone else to raise our kids and to take care of us. Next thing you know, when I go sit down on the crapper tomorrow, I'm going to expect somebody to come in and reach underneath there and wipe for me. Is that how it's coming? Is that what we're getting down to here? Apparently. I think I'll handle that job myself. Sorry if that was vulgar. Let me continue on. Michelle Bigfoot Obama also took an oblique shot at supporters of Bernie, Big Mouth Sanders, who often interrupted the first night of the convention with shouts of Bernie, Bernie. Now she's speaking of his moronic supporters. And look, Sarah Silverman called them ridiculous, so I can certainly call them moronic. They kind of jive, don't they? It continues. The article continues. In contrast, Obama said Clinton supported Barack Hussein Obama at the 2008 convention. Well, she had no choice. Okay, she had no choice. It continues on. This is a quote. When she didn't win the nomination eight years ago, she didn't get angry or delusioned. Really? <laughs> okay, Obama said. She further went on to say, and I quote, she did not pack up and go home because as a true public servant, she knows this is so much bigger than her own desires and disappointments. Well, I'll agree with that completely. As a true public servant, they know when they have to fall on their sword, and they know when it's maybe time to come back and fight another day. And I said this on Al's show when I called him like a week or two weeks ago, that Democrats are much better at this than the Republicans about coalescing uh, you know, together and not fragmenting. They, 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 just, they, they focus, man, eye on the prize, eye on the prize, and they'll fall on their sword, they'll, they'll, do, they'll, they'll throw their own children under the bus. Democrats are pretty good at that, and they always have been. It's one thing 
And I hate to say that it's something that I admire about them because you really shouldn't admire evil. But you, it's at least I marvel at, at it. Because I guess you shouldn't admire Not I guess you shouldn't admire it evil. Let me continue on. The article continues. She also confronted... Now, here's... This is kind of getting into some more meat and potatoes here. Now, listen. This is from the article. This isn't necessarily a quote. This is from the article. She also confronted issues of gender and race, saying that Clinton was picked apart for how she looks or how she talks or even how she laughs or cackles, I would say. Clinton, she said, has, quote, the guts and the grace to keep coming back and putting those cracks in that highest and hardest glass ceiling until she finally breaks through. The article goes on. And she said her own story. Now, this is from, this is Michelle Bigfoot Obama's own story, the article is saying. And I'll start over. And she said her own story is a story of generations of people who felt the lash of bondage, the shame of servitude, the sting of segregation, but who kept on striving and hoping and doing what needed to be done. Okay, so now what she's trying to do is say that she was, you know, in bondage and that she had to suffer segregation. When we all know that blacks always self-segregate, and that's just what they do, and I don't have a problem with that. But she's the woe is me. She's the one that several years ago went to some farmhouse in South or North Carolina and claimed that it was her grandmother's and it was some plantation. And that's where she grew up. And her grandmammy was a was a slave. And, and I beat a granddaughter of a slave. And, and I just beat his poor downtrodden black woman. Bull. We all know that's crap. But hey, that's what Democrats do best is lie. I mean, they do it far, far better and without any shame than Republicans ever have or ever will. Let me try and finish this up before the end of the show. Who do kept on striving, blah, blah, blah. Obama also returned to the familiar themes of motherhood and family she spoke of at the 2008 convention. That speech has already reverberated into the 2016 election last week, blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'm not going to really continue on with it. It's pretty much over. My point of bringing it up in the closing minutes of the show here is to point out the hypocrisy. And this stays on theme. I like to have themes for my shows. I think it's, for me anyway, it's at least easier to follow along and not be so fragmented. And the theme lately has been we need to call things what they are. Okay. And this hypocrisy, that is, it's just blatant out there. It's right in your face. We're, we're the same, but we're not. Right? Uh, you know, black lives matter, all lives don't. Uh, Right. I thought we were the same, but we're not. It's the whole we're the same until we're not. We have to point that out at each and every turn. And we have to throw that back in their face. Look, if if Hillary Clinton is, you know, nominated to be president, why should we make such a big deal about it that she's the first woman when they don't want to make big deals about it when it doesn't go their way? Right. If that makes any sense. Right. Because it's always with them that we're all the same. But they always want to, again, they always want to come out and, 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 and tout, you know, first woman this, first black guy that, first homo this, you know, first degenerate thing that, when I thought we were all the same. Let one white guy, let one white guy say, hey, first white guy to head the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. Well, because white is a color, and I think that, we sh- I think that there should be a, a white guy. I mean, why should it be so predominantly black, or why should it always be some black dude or a Jewish guy? Because that's who founded the NAACP, in case you uh, weren't aware of that. 
Well, I see we're kind of at the end of the show, and I did want to talk about Debbie Blabbermouth-Schultz, but perhaps we'll have to do that next week, or, or maybe Frank will bring her up. But as I like to say at the end of my show, uh, ladies and gentlemen, every week, God bless each and every one of you for listening. Please check out my website again, conditioncriticalshow.com. That's where you can reach me. Send me emails. You have my cell phone number, 253-973-2995. Haven't given that out for a while. Send me a text message. Let me know how I'm doing, so forth and so on. Two things, ladies and gentlemen. Be all that you can be on God's green earth, wherever you are, and become a domestic terrorist, because we have to take this country back. They're not going to give it back to us. We have to take it from them, because freedom comes from the sword. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned, because Frank... Uh, We'll be coming up after my show here with the Frank Report. So nice talking to you this uh, week, folks. We'll see you next week. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. People realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Land. Breaking the stranglehold of the New World Order. And now, Jay Shanahan. folks good evening i am your host jay shanahan and this is the condition critical show this is my live show my new hour my new time slot 8 p.m it is 8 p.m what is it now it is tuesday the second day of august 2016 let's get all that out of the way still a bit of a change for me having done an afternoon show for what over a year now but uh this is my live show ladies and gentlemen for tuesday evening the second again uh, day of August 2016, four minutes past the eight o'clock hour. Uh, so just like last week, if you're a bit surprised to hear the condition critical show and not the Frank report, uh, well, this is kind of going to be the new format for a time anyway. Uh, Frank was gracious to give me this time slot. He will be on after me at uh, 9 p.m. Pacific time. So please stay tuned in. Administratively, let's just uh, talk about where you're listening and how you can reach us. This is the American Voice Radio Network, which means you can go to theamericanvoice.com. There's a chat room there. Not many people in there. Haven't been for a while. I don't know why, if it's the new format or, or whatever, if it's summertime. People are just busy. Hard to say. I'm going to get into that a little bit. There is a call-in number, 1-800-932-1980. I have a website, conditioncriticalshow.com. I try and stay active on there. Got a couple articles up on there. A couple of bit of a rant about that dirtbag Obama, I think, and about his dirtbag wife. That's right. We're going to talk politics a little bit here, at least for the, uh, well, maybe for the whole show. I only have an hour. So let's just get right into some things. I mean, you got Trump out there. They conjured up some Muslim savages at the Democratic National Convention. It's been like the, all the talk this week about this, this, this dirtbag Muslim who supposedly his kid got whacked over there in, in, in Iraq or whatever, like I care, like any of us should care. First of all, like the politicians care when a service member gets whacked, because they don't. That's what they send them over there to get to, to do, to get whacked. Uh, they don't care who it is. They don't care if it's a Muslim. They don't care if it's a, a, a fairy or, or, a, or a girl. They, they don't care. <laughs> okay, as long as you go over there and do their bidding and get whacked. But if it serves a political agenda like it obviously is with this dirtbag that is Hillary Clinton. And now, look, you know, if you were just listening to the American Independence Hour, and, and it's not just on that show, but it isn't, you don't hear it on mainstream radio at all. The, the, the unbelievable, the unbelievableness, if you will, that there is any support out there for Hillary Clinton. I have 10 flyers right here that I made to myself on Microsoft Word, and I, I, what I do is I go around town posting them, and it just says, hang Hillary. Hang Hillary, you know, like hang. So if the Secret Service is listening, Hillary Clinton deserves to be arrested right now. And not even she's been given a trial in public opinion for about the last 30 years. But look, if it suits people for for uh, adjudication and what I'll find, give her about a 30 second trial. Guilty. You ignorant. You know what? And she needs to be taken out back and hung from a tree until dead. But not just Hillary Clinton. Every politician. I got uh, look. I heard them talking about Paul Ryan. I'll maybe get into Paul Ryan a little bit. You know, he's the rhino that, uh, you know, he claims to be a Republican. And, uh, you know, he was going to look. How many times do we have to be duped as so-called Republicans? And now I'm not a Republican, but I would maybe tend to maybe vote Republican, as I think would most people that listen to this network or what people would call. 
I don't know, patriots or something like that, they would maybe tend to vote more conservative or more Republican. I mean, there's probably, I can't really think of a Democrat that I would vote for, is my point. And, and, and further to that, to further that point, I, I can think of maybe a few Republicans, you know, that I probably would vote for, but Paul Ryan is not one of them. And, well, I don't live where he, you know, and what is he from Wisconsin or whatever, but, uh, I'm trying to find the article I had here, and it had it has refreshed on me. So let me uh, find this because you know they talked about and 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 Frank did about talked about how Paul Ryan is a rhino, right? He's a Republican in name only, and how he's got some ignorant wife as a uh, Democratic lobbyist, and she's like the he's the bag man, really, essentially, or is she the bag woman? I don't know how it works. I think she's the bag woman. That's right. She picks up the piles of money. You know, because he goes and does her bidding. And it's just plain. It's just so obvious as the nose on everybody's face. And it just uh, it just amazes me. And just give me one second here while I try and find this uh, article. This is, for, uh, this is about a, uh, where is it here? This is about a, uh, a Republican uh, congressman. And I don't know why I can't find it. Uh, from New York. Okay, and let's see. Well, let me just uh, just bear with me a second there because it was just here. You know, these web pages will refresh when you don't want them to. Here it is. Representative Hanna. What's his name? Richard Hanna. Now, I really want to talk about this for just a second. This 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 should say it all right here about about politicians in general. And I'm going to kind of really wrap this up, hopefully, before the break. Right. I see that. He got whacked about 12 years ago. You know, it just disgusts me, and I'm getting off the beaten track here because I want to really focus on this. But let me get back to this, this what's going on with the, the, these two dirtbag Muslims. That they, the, 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 and look, somebody out there needs to do some investigation because I don't believe it. Okay, call me a skeptic. Call me a conspiracy theorist. It's just too convenient. It's too wrapped up too nice because this guy's saying all the right things, you know, that they're saying now. He he on more than one occasion, has used the phrase, one love. That's right, one love. That's a homo phrase. Okay, who says that in their everyday language? What, what grieving parents say that in, in their grieving? You know, what grieving parent, even if it happened 12 years ago, what grieving parent would go to a Democratic or Republican National Convention and talk about their son? I wouldn't. I can tell you that right now. What grieving parent would do that? I just have to. I have to call that into question. And yeah, you got John McCain. He's another one that right now the people of Arizona need to go find him and beat him to death with baseball bats. That's right. That's right. And this is political speech, by the way. There, John McCain, you freaking dirtbag! All of you politicians, you disgust me. You have committed treason against this country time and time and time again. And getting hung is too good for you. Getting hung, these, get, these politicians getting hung from a tree is too good for them. They deserve to suffer far worse because the American people have suffered far worse. Now, let me get into this. I kind of backtracked a little bit here. Representative Hannah, this is for anybody that may be perhaps listening up there in upstate New York. And there's a picture of him. This is from Fox News. I'll read from the article just a little bit here. Now, listen. Representative Richard Hanna on Tuesday, this is today, this is today, because the, the dateline is August 2nd, so this is today, became the first GOP member of Congress to say he will vote for Democrat 
Hillary Clinton for president instead of Republican candidate Donald Trump, castigating the business mogul as, quote, unfit to serve our party. That's the mantra. I know. I don't, I don't know who came up with it. If it was Hillary, that freaking lying wench, dirtbag, or someone else. Because Obama's touting it now. That's, what the, that's kind of the mantra now with the Democrats. He's unfit to serve. He's, uh, he, he doesn't have the temperament. He doesn't have this, that. And this is coming from somebody like Hillary Clinton, who is a sociopath. It, 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 you know, at a minimum, is a sociopath. At a minimum, is a sociopath. Okay. Let me continue. Hannah, he's a three-term congressman who represents the 22nd district in upstate New York, wrote in an op-ed for Syracuse.com that he disagreed with Clinton but could not vote for a man who was, quote, unrepentant in all things. Unrepentant in all things. So what has Donald Trump done, really? Maybe a couple of bankruptcies. Okay, he's got a couple of divorces. You know, a couple of kind of, okay. Is that anything even remotely close to the things that Hillary Clinton is obvious has obviously done and is obviously guilty of. She's a, one of the most disgusting people that has ever walked the face of the earth. And we ought to be ashamed of ourselves as a country. We really should be ashamed of ourselves as a country. Why, why news organizations, buildings, and, and why uh, uh, people aren't, aren't paying for the, the deception and, and the, the evilness that is going on in this country is beyond me. I, I know people are just too busy, I guess. You know, they just want to watch TV. You know, they just want to, like, turn on a baseball game or, like, go to the movies. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why more people aren't sickened out there about what's going on in this country. Because, frankly, I'm, I'm sick of it and have been sick of it. And I get a little irritated sometimes that I don't get the sense that enough people are sick of it. You got people like this up there in New York. Now, he calls himself a Republican. He calls himself a Republican, and he's going to vote for Hillary Clinton. But that's, that's not all. It's one thing to just say you're going to vote for Hillary Clinton as a Republican. This guy's a member of Congress who's a Republican. Let me continue on. The written rebuke of Trump comes amid the newest controversy swirling around the GOP nominee as Trump continues to war words with the father of a Muslim savage, supposed U.S. Army captain who was killed in Iraq in 2004. Now, I don't care if that offends anybody. I don't care. I don't believe the narrative. I don't care. Because I don't want Muslims in this country. They don't belong in our military, period. I don't care what the veterans of foreign wars has come out and said, oh, we're not going to, disparaging gold star families is a sacrosanct. We're just not going to do it. Tough. Tough. I guess I just served in a different time. And you all can just go to hell if you don't like it. That's what people, that's, and that's, see, that's one thing, that's one thing that I admire, somewhat admire about Trump. If he doesn't seem to mind that he keeps stepping in it. It's, now, those, that's their words, that he keeps stepping in it. And I'm not the only one that says, hey, man, Blake Shelton said it. Blake Shelton, he's the country music singer. I wouldn't know one of his songs if you played it on the highest volume, you know, from 100, you know, CD. I, I wouldn't know. I have no idea. But he came out and said, because he was kind of chastised by the actress Deborah Messing, kind of a attractive uh, kind of female, but she's a, she's a whack job. And, and I guess he came out and said something about Trump and then support. And then so she unleashed a Twitter. Cause that's what we do nowadays. We unleash a 140 word Twitter tirade on. So that's how we, that's how we argue. Now that's how we debate. Now that's how we get our point across. We go on Twitter and we do a couple of hashtags and a little clever saying, and Oh, look at me with my little avatar. Look how, 
Look how cool I am. You know, look how meaningful I am when you're nothing more than a freaking idiot. But that's what we do now. That's not what I do. But that's what people do now. But anyway, Blake Shelton said something like, uh, you know, Trump, uh, he just says what comes to his mind, and that's what appeals to him. And that was my whole point in the whole thing, you know, about this, you know, what he said. He, he just says, you know, he's not afraid to say, hey, look, man, you know, I was viciously attacked. That's what he said. And he, he came out and he said a few things about, you know, this so-called, these so-called Muslim, uh, grieving Muslim parents. And you just look at them. And like I said, I, somebody really needs to investigate it because I don't believe it for a minute. I don't believe it for a minute. He gave himself away when he said one love. That's when he gave himself away. That is the homo uh, mantra that, that that's you know all the rappers and and all the singers and all the politicians all one love and one love and we're all just one big happy family. Let me continue on with this article. Here we go. There were, okay, but, uh, well, let me start over. Yeah, in his tooth. Okay, in his piece, Hannah also was also referenced Trump's year old attack against Senator John the Dirtbag McCain from Republican Republican Arizona, who uh, seemed to dispute uh, he was a war hero because he was captured. Yeah, I guess he was captured. You know, he maybe he was flying drunk, whatever. I don't know. He was, yeah, he was at the Hanoi Hotel. But there are numerous accounts of his stay there from people that said he was treated very well. He was used as a, as, as a, as a propaganda piece because his dad was an admiral. He was treated very well. You don't hear that out there in the mainstream media, though, do you? Look, you know, John McCain, he doesn't, he's not worth, he's not worth what I go do when I sit down on the toilet. He's not worth that. That's how much of a dirtbag he is. And if there's anybody out there in Arizona listening and you voted for him, you are a freaking idiot. You're an idiot. And I, I, don't, I don't want you in my country. And if you're listening to the show, turn it off. I don't want you listening to my show. I don't want morons listening to my show. I'm tired of morons. And I'm tired of people that are stupid and cowards and don't want to do what needs to be done. You go ahead and let, let Hillary Clinton be elected, people. You go right ahead and do it. And you find out what's going to happen. But see, too many people are cowards out there. They just want to sit on their hands and not do a damn thing. They don't want to talk. They don't want to speak up. They're too afraid. They're cowards. Most people are cowards. Most people are sissies. I'm tired of them. I'm tired of sissies and cowards. I'm tired of people not speaking their mind. Oh, you might not want to say anything. Oh, that was offensive. Go to hell. Okay, go to hell. Turn it off. You don't like it. Or the countless, and this, and this is this is the continuum of the quote, or the countless other insults he's proudly lobbed from behind a Republican presidential podium, Hannah wrote, quote, again, for me, it's not enough to simply denounce his comments. Here again, listen, he is unfit fit to serve our party and cannot lead this country. Well, it's not my party. It might be your party, but it's not even your party because you're a Democrat, and that's where I'm getting to. Hannah, who is retiring at the end of his term, has often broke ranks with the Republican Party line. Check this out. As a member of the LGBT Equality Caucus, Hannah has supported same-sex marriage since 2013. He's voted against cuts to Planned Parenthood, which is where they go get babies murdered, and told a crowd of mostly women in 2012 to contribute your money to Democrats because, quote, they speak out on your behalf. What the hell's wrong with you people up there in Syracuse? What the hell's wrong with you people? Are, are you that stupid? Well, apparently you are. That's the problem. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a problem in this country. We have too many stupid people out there. 
Too many people are just ignorant. Too many people are just dumbed down. Yeah. How many people, I mean, you see it every day. You have people walking around looking down at their phones. You have people that walk in front of buses. They walk off of cliffs. They walk into uh, water fountains. They walk off of sidewalks. They run into uh, buildings. That's, that's pretty bad, don't you think? I go for my walk in the park, and I see it. I see people staring at their phones, staring at their screens on their, on their stupid phones. And they'll trip and run into a fence post, you know. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, it's so, so funny. Look at me. I'm such a moron. That's our country, man. That's our country. And we got politicians out there like this guy. I'm not going to read any more from the article. You can check it out for yourself. The headline is Representative Hanna becomes first GOP member of Congress to support Clinton. It's from Fox News. Again, his name is Richard Hanna. He's from the 22nd District of New York. Somebody ought to write him a letter. Somebody ought to call his office. I mean, I could, and I've done it. I do that enough. But somebody else maybe needs to do it. I'd like to maybe see more people do it. I can tell you this right now. If, If enough people did it, they would change. You know, you got Hillary Clinton out there. And look, you got Republican, you got Paul Ryan, you got, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter which strike they are. You know, this one says they're going to, you know, this party over here says, oh, vote for us and, and we'll, we'll, we'll vote Hillary Clinton. You vote for me and I'm going to work for the working class and provide jobs. And give me a break. And see, but people believe that. When all they do is force degeneracy on us. That's all they do. All kinds of articles out there about degeneracy being forced on the American people. All kinds of articles out there about the race problems in this country, and how you know it's, it's you know it's it's everything's being forced on white people. Nothing's being forced. Look, do you see them forcing white people on black people, like in black neighborhoods? Do you see that? What do you think would happen if if some lily white liberal took his lily white rear end? to the hood, to Compton. Oh, look at me. I'm an anti-racist. I, I love black people. And I'm going to, I'm just going to go to Compton because they, they wouldn't do anything. Yeah. You're going to get your head lopped off and you won't even be a blip on the news. You'll make like the page C 12 of the local newspaper. That's it. There won't be any press conferences. There won't be any hand wringing. There won't be any cries for a uh, race relations and there won't be any uh, sit downs with the president. There'll be none of that. You would just be some stupid white person that ventured into the wrong neighborhood. But contrary fair. What if a black dude uh, ventures into a white neighborhood and doesn't even get his head locked off? Just get somebody yells the N word at him. Oh, ho, ho. well, news helicopters, CNN, Fox news, international headlines, you name it. It'll be everywhere. They'll have all the big media trucks out in front of the dude's house. There'll be politicians will be fired from his job. Now, I'm, I'm somewhat exaggerating, but not really. No, see, that's not the way it works. How about the homos? Do you see homos being forced to deal with straight people? No, no. Take a homo bar. Say a, a, guy, a straight guy walks in, just unbeknownst, or maybe, maybe he just heard that they have a decent hamburger there, which I don't know why anybody would want to go to a homo bar and get some food. You catch my drift, but let's just say, let's just say the guy goes in, he heard, he goes in, you know, and he gets ridiculed for being, you know, maybe even gets beat up. That's probably what would happen. And then maybe he gets gang raped up the rear end, right? By the homos, right? You wouldn't hear anything about that. Oh, you might hear a guy got assaulted, walked into a bar, got assaulted, and, and the police are investigating, right? 
Oh, contraire, Mofair, let's say some fairy homo faggot walks into a, just a regular, a Denny's or something like that. And somebody just happened to say, oh, look at that queer over there. Bingo, game on. Now, the restaurant is shut down. His vendors stop supplying him. You catch my drift. It's one thing after another. That's what our politicians have done for us, ladies and gentlemen, Republicans and Democrats. And they're the ones. Yeah, and now, but we're responsible here. And now here's where it gets to be our responsibility. This is where it gets to be our responsibility. Because here's the thing. Here's the dirty little secret. Most of us know. Most of us know what the problem is. But 99.9% of us are too much cowards. That's right. Cowards. Sissies. Pansies. To do anything about it. Oh, we don't want to rock the boat. Oh, I don't want to say anything. Oh, my neighbor might not talk to me. Oh, I could get in trouble at work. So they just let it go. And they let it go. And they let it go. But you have another group of people out there as well that that maybe, you know, aren't so much pansies or cowards. That just kind of do the same thing. It doesn't take a lot. It, It won't take a lot to turn this thing around. It's, it's so fragile, ladies and gentlemen. It is so fragile, what's, what's happening to us right now, that it could be changed so easily if enough of us, just enough of us, not just me, not just Frank or Al or Pastor Mike. There has to be more. There has to be more of us. There has to be that critical mass, more of a critical mass of us out there that said, you know what, that's enough. I own a gun. You're not getting it. If you come to take it, you're going to get something else. You catch my drift? The time for an armed revolution in this country, ladies and gentlemen, is come and gone. And the longer we sit around and not perform our duties as citizens, the harder it's going to be. I guess we could wait around until we don't have any guns, right? And then what? It's going to be too late soon, is my point. And if you're, going to, if you're waiting for your neighbor, if you're waiting for that hot-headed neighbor of yours to do something about it, well, you're going to be waiting a long time. Because even though I said that there's, you know, because minus that, my point is, you know, you have the 99.9%, but there is that 0.01% out there uh, of people that know what needs to be done. But that doesn't mean we're stupid. That doesn't mean I'm going to go over there. You know, so I guess if you're waiting for me to go over there and break out my rifle for myself as uh, safe and march down to City Hall, I'm not that stupid. That's, I know that's what needs to be done. But if, if, if one guy does it, well, we know what's going to happen then. And hell, they could come get me right now for all I know, just for saying what I'm saying. But if they knew there were 15 of us, then they would have a problem. They don't want to die either. Because, see, just like on their side, 99.9% of them are cowards and sissies, too. You catch my drift? So there's two small factions on either side, and we're fighting this battle, this battle between good and evil. Evil's been winning 
for a long time. I'm tired of it. But I'm just one person. I don't see the letters to the editor. I don't see the phone calls coming in. I don't see people in the chat room. I don't see people writing blog posts. I don't see anything. If you're just sitting there listening and it's just all fun and games and it's just entertainment, uh, okay, I guess that's fine. But we, we need to come to an agreement here that we need to do more. We need to let our politicians know, your day's coming, you understand me, and you better knock it off. You don't get to just pass ordinances and pass laws. You don't just to keep getting to rake us over the coals without something being done. And we certainly, and we shouldn't certainly allow people like Hillary Clinton to run for president of this country. It's, a, it's an outrage. We're a joke. The people around the world know that we're a joke. I'll get into that a little bit here in the second half. I see we're coming up on break. I'll see you after the break, guys. Uh, enjoy the music.
that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Yeah. All right. Welcome back, folks. Second half, Condition Critical Show. And this is my live show for Tuesday, second day of August 2016, 38 minutes, now 39 minutes past the 8 o'clock hour. And yes, MS, I am on at 8 o'clock now at 2000 hours or 8 p.m. Pacific time out here. Uh, yes, on Tuesday. So it is a new time. I just started this uh, last week due to my work schedule, so forth and so on. Uh, so yes, this is my new time. And uh, so thank any, each and every one of you for tuning in. Let me just continue on. A little bit of Iron Maiden there. It just kind of fits my mood. Or will, you know, continue to fit my mood here for the remainder of the show. Not a happy camper. Not happy, you know, with the, the state of this country and what's going on. And how easily we could take it back. I guess that's why I'm not happy. I, you know, I, I just expect, or I, I, you know, because it's, it would be so easy. You know, the, here's the thing. that What we're doing right now is hard. You know, kind of staying where we are right now. But by, by not doing anything, folks, ladies and gentlemen, about our state of the union, if you will, is harder than if we just said, you know what, okay, enough fun and games. Yeah, I like cable television, and yeah, I like flushing water. You know, and yeah, I like electricity. Some of that may have to go away for a time. Yeah, it may have to go away for a time in order to take our country back. We can't take it all back either. I mean, that's, that's just not going to happen. We have to get back, folks, to states of the union, and we have to get back even uh, smaller than that, where we have so, our governments are so localized that there's much, obviously, easier to control. Don't you see how easy that would be? Don't you see? I mean, I can't even put it into words. I'm sitting here trying to think, how can I put this in words? There's really... There's, there's really no, you can't really say it any more easily than that. We need to tell the federal government, and it would be so easy to make our state legislatures just tell the federal government, that's it. We're not taking any more of their mandates. We're not sending them any more. Or don't you do it. Don't do it or you're gone. One way or the other, you're gone. Yeah, some people are going to have to die. Some people are going to have to be put to death. Yeah, that's just the way it is when people are acting lawlessly and when people are committing treason and breaking the law. We let our politicians get away with actual murder, actual murder and all kinds of other travesties against us. And we just keep letting them get away with it. It was election day here in Washington. My primary ballot sitting over there in the, in the hopper. I still call my politicians. I mean, I still call the politicians, you know, when I have to, and I still write letters and so forth. But, yeah, I even got an email from my state representatives. Hey, the, the county auditor says they haven't received a ballot from you in a couple of years. since like 2012. Yeah, that's right. I'm not voting for any of you freaking jack wagons. Any of you. I'll vote for you to, to get freaking beat above the neck and shoulders with a baseball bat. Yeah, in the public square. Yeah, I'll, I'll vote for that. Public stoning, all of those things that we used to do, that moral and just societies used to do to their politicians when they rub them the wrong way. And it's one thing to rub somebody the wrong way. It's one thing to say, well, dang, that guy there, he just, that dang guy, the other day that he didn't, at the, yeah, at the market, he didn't like wave to me or kiss my, my kid or, or, 
or did he didn't receive my phone call. But it seems more than that what they do now. Like I said, it's more than that now. Now they force degeneracy on us. I mean, violently force degeneracy on us. They cripple us economically if we don't accept their degeneracy. They see to it that we get fired from our job and can't hold employment somewhere else. If you're a business owner, they will shut your business down. Don't like to bake a cake for a couple of fudge packers? Oh, can't have that. Can't have that. You're, you're, you're not only going to lose your business, but you're now going to pay these fudge packers a couple hundred thousand dollars. That's right. Now run along. Because we can't have bigots like you in this nice, diverse society. Well, I'll tell you what needs to happen. Any politician allows that to be happened. He needs to have his own fudge pack, okay, with, say, a baseball bat. He's be beaten to death. To death. That's what these politicians need. These aren't just people that I'm talking about. These are elected officials that have sworn oaths to constitutions. Have sworn oaths to the people. Where is my constitution? I usually have my little copy of my constitution here. It's somewhere. doesn't really matter. Nobody pays attention to it anyway, but they did swear an oath to it. But see, I don't even know if they even do that anymore. I bet you they don't. I bet you they don't even do I bet you don't even go through that formality anymore. But it doesn't matter because they're supposed to. And the illusion is, and I know that's all it is, is that they still do. And they violate it every day they wake up. You name me one good politician. There isn't any. I mean... From the smallest hamlet to the largest city, to this nation, there is not one good politician out there. They're all a bunch of criminal freaking dirtbags. And each and every one of them need hunt. They need hunted down. Hunted down like the vermin and the freaking scumbags that they are. And they need beaten to death. And look, if you want to put them through some kind of a mock trial, I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that. Just like the Romans used to do, you know put one of the gladiators that escaped through some mock trial and then freaking lop his head off. To me, it, it, it's all at the end. That's, I just want their heads lopped off. You lop enough of their heads off, ladies and gentlemen. You beat enough of them to death in the public square. And you're fully within your right to do that, by the way. It's right in our founding documents, ladies and gentlemen. Declaration of Independence. Uh, it, it's, it's referenced in the Bill of Rights. It's referenced several times in Constitution, Articles of Confederation. I would even say some of the other founding documents I'm not largely familiar with, but I would imagine they're in there. As a matter of fact, I'm not imagining. I know they're in there. They laugh at us when they force degeneracy on us. What, do you think that, you know, do you think that they support uh, homos because they like homos or they, they think fudge packing is a, is a cool thing? Do you really think that? No. No, they do it because they're a bunch of sociopaths and they don't like us. And they've gotten away with it for so long that they conspire now. I've been saying for years that, hey, there's RICO laws out there. And if a couple of smart lawyers would get together with enough uh, uh, courageous American people and charge eight or ten or a half a dozen or 20 or 30 or 100 of these politicians under the RICO statute, I, I guarantee you. It's, you got an organized crime uh, uh, situation going on with our politicians, and they just do it just like just like duck or water rolls off the, a, a duck's back. And they laugh, and they marvel now. 
they marvel at, at how they get away with. But did you change? Did you see what? Hey, Joe, what's that, Bob? Ben, did you see what I did to my people there? That's nothing what you did to your people. Just see what I did to my people. Oh, that was a good one, man. Can I get the notes on that one? No, no, no. I got something else up my sleeve. You just wait till tomorrow. Oh, those poor loafs. Those idiots. Those dupes. Eh, that's right. Or a bunch of dupes. We want to go fill baseball stadiums. Football's coming up. You got ESPN. You got all these fantasy football mock drafts. You got training camp. You got people sleeping outside of training camp so they can, I don't know, watch grown men practice playing football. When we have, well, uh, more serious matters going on in this in this in this country and in this world. And again, I don't necessarily care what happens, uh, and you know, outside of this country. But it's been concerning us for about what the last hundred and fifty or two hundred years with this whole push for globalism. Do you know that the vast majority of people in Turkey, that's right, the country of Turkey, are so-called ally? Do you know the vast majority of them, not just the people, but the reporters and politicians, the vast majority of them, are in agreement on one thing, and that is that the United States government had something to do with the failed coup attempt here about a week, week and a half ago. That's right. I had an article here. I was going to reference it here. Uh, let me find it. Let me find it. Uh, that's, uh, no choice here. Let's see. Yeah, here it is. Turks can agree on one thing. U.S. was behind failed coup. Don't really need to read from the articles from New York Times. The New York Times. Dateline is today. You can check it out. That's what we do. That's what our government does to us. Who do you think that benefits? Does that benefit me? Does that benefit the liberal? Does that benefit, you know, just your moderate Democrat or your most staunchest uh, conservative Republican? That doesn't benefit any of us. And you have to wonder sometimes why our government does this. What benefit? You know, because if there were some tangible benefit, maybe I could see for us raping and pillaging and being like the Vikings of old, right? But it doesn't benefit us, ladies and gentlemen. It harms us. It harms us, not them. You think Chelsea Clinton's ever going to lace up a pair of combat boots? That freaking ugly, scumbag, disgusting, vile creature? You think she's? It'd be nice if she would. It would be nice if she would. And then maybe somehow she slipped through the cracks and ended up even remotely, even close to the front lines and got her freaking head blown clean off. That would be great. That would be a wonderful, glorious day. But that ain't never going to happen. Do you think Barack Hussein Obama, that half of a black guy, dirtbag, is ever going to let his, his, his freaking spawn, if it is his spawn, lace up a pair of combat boots, even though he's the one that supports women in combat because we're all the same? He's not going to let his dirtbag, scumbag spawn Lace up a pair of combat boots. Are you kidding me? But wouldn't that be a glorious day? I know sometimes they do it for show and tell. I know they do sometimes. Wasn't like Joe Biden's kid, like in the military, and it was like show and tell, and, and oh, he, he's a Marine, Zemper Fi. Go to hell. Well, just like John McCain. 
over there in Vietnam pretending to be little flyboy. There you go. He managed to make it back, some, back somewhat unscathed. Yeah, he might have had to have an arm broken or two just to kind of, you know, kind of make the facade look, you know, kind of real or whatever. But no, for the most part, well, not for the most part, ever, are these politicians, they don't let their, you know, and then they have the nerve, these people, Clinton's out there saying it, uh, her running mate, uh, what's his name? What's uh, Dirtbag Hillary Clinton's running mate's name? Top of my head, Tim Kaine. Yeah, he's saying it too, you know. Uh, about how uh, Donald Trump has never sacrificed, and, and Obama came out and said he, he has a, they, a good. Trump has no idea what sacrifices and these brave American soldiers and these brave families that sacrificed all. Shut up, go to hell. You don't believe that for a minute. And anybody that would sit there and actually believe the uh, sincerity in any politician's voice when they supposedly grieve or mourn or have pity or sympathy for American servicemen to go get freaking whacked somewhere. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. So I need to spell it out. Wake up, people. Wake the hell up. You got an extra $20? You might want to go buy a box of ammunition. You have an extra $20 next week? Buy a box of ammunition. If you haven't bought that rifle yet, I've been talking about for years, you better go buy that rifle because they are orchestrating false flag events on a daily basis, it seems now. A daily basis. And how convenient, how convenient that it's lately with what they call assault rifles. And look, they know the difference. Yeah, they're idiots. Yeah, they're sociopaths, but they're not freaking stupid. They know the difference. Oh, yeah, you might have the, the lone idiot, uh, stupid reporter out there that doesn't know the difference. But they know the difference. But they keep saying it. Assault rifles. Assault rifles. I was talking with Frank during the break. I see we're coming up on the end of the show. There was another mass shooting. And it was out here in the state of Washington, up in Muckleteo, which is north of uh, Seattle. And this whack job, uh, now if it even happened, then whatever. I mean, because it doesn't matter because the perception is that it did. And whatever narrative they're spinning, it's a lie. But, see, it really doesn't matter. Because his lawyer came out and said, oh, he finds it hard to believe that a 19-year-old, he said, there's just got to be something wrong where a 19-year-old who can't walk into a bar and get a, a, a beer can walk into a gun store and inside of 30 minutes walk out with no training, no licensing, nothing, and with, with an assault rifle. He said it. And he didn't just say assault rifle. He said an assault rifle. And see, this is why you know it's a narrative. Because he didn't just say assault rifle. He said assault rifle, and I'm, this is almost a direct quote, and high-capacity magazine clips, which there are no such thing. And they know that. They know that. And look, unless they really are retards, and I guess you really can't discount that completely. Okay, maybe they just really are retards, but I don't think so. That's just the narrative that they want to push. And it's working to some degree because you have, and look, they don't need all of us. They just need a few more of us because they pretty much have what they need right now. The, the, the scales, guys, are tipping. 
they're, they're pretty much tipped. You know, there's us over here, and because, see, good is very dense, if you catch my drift, as opposed to evil. Evil is very thin. It's not dense. There's not a lot to it. It's just, it's a, it's, there's a lot of, there's lies, there's deception, there's corruption, there's all kind of just crap that goes with, with, with evil. Okay, let's just call their side evil because that's what it is. But it's very, it doesn't weigh a lot, is my point. Not a lot of density there because it's all just a bunch of crap. Okay? And they've been weighing down the scales with it, weighing it down, weighing it down. But over here you have good. See, good inherently is very dense. It's very thick. It's very robust because there's goodness. There's tangible things. There's not lies. There's no deception. Right? Very heavy. A lot of density. The other side, though, they're starting to tip the scales. Because, hey, man, at some point, even the scales can tip. And the scales are bursting right now. And somebody call at me on this other side of saying, hey, man, come on. I need a little help over here. I'd need a little help over here. We need a little help over here. I don't care if, you know, you think it's cute that the fairies can walk around and get married. I don't care if you think it's okay that the Black Lives Matter terrorist organization can rampage uh, Walmart stores and, and loot Rite Aid drugstores and kill and rape and murder white people and assault them just because, just because they're white. I don't care if you think that's cute because of diversity. I don't care. You have to start saying, you have to start saying enough is enough. Enough is enough. You pushed those three people over there too far. I'm going to join them. I'm tired of it. Now there's four of us. See what would start to happen with the scales? Just that one person, one good person, one good person outweighs about a thousand evil, corrupt, evil SOBs every day of the week. You have to take goodness, people, into your heart, and you have to start projecting that out into society. And you have to start retching up all that is bad. Or go join their side. Because you can't sit in the middle anymore. It's, there are no more, there is no more time to sit on the fence. Because sitting on the fence is going to get you killed. Either by them or by us. And only one side really wants a fight here, ladies and gentlemen, and that's them. That's them. They are the ones that are pushing the buttons, as I said. It's not us forcing degeneracy on the rest of society. It's them. Well, as we uh, get to the end of the show this evening, I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. I see MS there in the chat room uh, chatting away. I apologize. I, I will try and keep up with the chat room after my show. Hope you can stick around, MS. We can chat. Uh, Frank will be on next. Please stay tuned in to Frank. I'm sure he's going to have a lot good to say. And there's always a lot of good programming here, ladies and gentlemen, on the American Voice Radio Network. So uh, I will be back next Tuesday, barring... You know, my apprehension by, you know, whoever, SWAT teams, uh, Homeland Security, I don't know, whatever. At this point, you know, I don't really care. I couldn't give a flying jack rip anymore. Because it's got to be said. We have to take our country back, ladies and gentlemen. Wherever you are. Wherever you are. who And whoever you are. On God's green earth, please be all that you can be and become a domestic terrorist. Because they, they don't like domestic terrorists. 
That's the only way we're going to take our country back, ladies and gentlemen. You understand? And remember this as well. Freedom comes from the sword. God bless you all. See you next time. from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Another show that'll be posted on American Voice Radio that's um, entitled When and How the Eugenics Program Came Out of the Closet. And it's something that you have to listen to because unfortunately it's very real, it's very scary, and it's been implemented. Something that you need to take notice of. Anyway, just just to give you a thought, did you know that one in three American men will get prostate cancer during their lifetime? Seriously. And one in six who do get prostate cancer will die of it. Okay, prostate cancer is the second most deadly cancer for men in America. It is also the leading cause of cancer-related deaths in men over 75. So it's not too surprising if you're concerned to find out if you're at risk of getting prostate cancer. So an enlarged or an inflamed prostate, which is common in men over 50, could be a precursor to prostate cancer. 
but I'm pretty sure that you don't only want to know if you're at risk, you want to know what you can do to stop it from happening. So I'll try to explain why you will not reduce the level of your risk by visiting your doctor or taking other prescription drugs that he might prescribe for your prostate. Now, several years ago, uh, I had, and well, I can't remember my age. I, I don't know if I was in my, no, I was in my 70s and early 70s. And uh, I had an enlarged prostate. And I took Flomax and whatever, but I had a really clean diet. It was basically a vegan diet. And I didn't understand why I had an enlarged prostate, but then I figured it all came with the territory, you know. But I only fortunately took Flomax for about two weeks, and then everything went back to normal. <clears throat> but you might wonder why it is that so many doctors prescribe these insane drugs when there's far more effective alternative that I didn't know back then that gives no problems whatsoever. <clears throat> so there's kind of a couple answers to this. And the first one is that the American medical system is big business. I mean, I'm sorry if I sound like I'm cynical, but the pharma pharmaceutical industry has got an incredible racket going. Instead of curing you, they make sure that you stay sick and even get sicker. And all the while that you're paying them to do so, some of that money will flow back into your doctor's pockets. So if you want to understand, all you need to do is follow the money. So the doctors in the pharmaceutical industry, they benefit extremely well when your disease gets worse. And then you have to spend more money on more drugs and then eventually on invasive treatment. So you got to understand that the pharmaceutical industry is calling all the shots. They're the ones that decide what it is that the doctor should study in order to qualify as a doctor because they're the ones that are financing the curriculum for the doctors in medical school. And once the doctors are qualified, guess where their main source of information on new research comes from? Absolutely right, the pharmaceutical industry. <clears throat> well, some of the treatments for prostate cancer are kind of barbaric, you know? And you might want to do a little bit of research and maybe you'll find out that certain nutritional and natural and holistic methods might work. But you have to understand that men like effortless, you know, 
almost as much as we like free, but the fact remains that there's very little in life that's worthwhile and either effortless or free. So if you're genuinely concerned about remaining healthy and living longer, especially if you're over 50, and if you're willing to make some effort, you got to pay attention. The doctors are kept in line by the medical establishment because if they don't sing the songs from the establishment song sheet, then they're at risk of losing their medical licenses and their livelihoods. So they keep promoting prescription drugs and invasive treatments, even if they suspect that could be a better way. And worse yet, in two major multi-year studies, the drugs that were prescribed for prostate issues were found to increase the incidence of aggressive prostate cancer, which is the worst of the worst. Now, prostate drugs have some unpleasant side effects like headaches and stomach aches and floppy muscles and a decreased libido or even erectile dysfunction. And unfortunately, the biggest of this situation is the drug called Flomax. And it's one of the most most widely prescribed drugs for the prostate. So if you really want to better your chances of avoiding prostate cancer and restoring your prostate health, you really got to know about some of the side effects of Flomax. Now, like I said, when I had an enlarged prostate, which never developed into cancer because my diet has been vegan since 1990 or whenever it was, I only took Flomax for like a week or two, and everything was back to normal. But if you're on a flesh-based diet with all those chemicals and all those additives and all those growth hormones, oh, man, you have no idea what's coming your way. So some of the common side effects that you need to know of Flomax and some are less severe and some are more severe. So let me give you some of the less severe side, side effects, and then I'll give you the ones that <laughs> you really got to be careful about. <clears throat> okay, so the less severe is a backache or diarrhea or feeling dizzy or feeling a little weak or some head pain or some stuffy nose, or you could have a problem whacking off, or you might have no desire to have sex, or you may have a problem with your teeth, or you may have a little chest pain, you might have trouble sleeping, you might find yourself coughing a little bit, you might be really drowsy, you could feel like throwing up. You might develop an infection. You might get this feeling in your head of 
you know, like you're spinning or something, or you could have sinus irritation and congestion and throat irritation. Now, bear in mind that this is less severe. You could have low blood pressure. Your blood pressure could drop just from standing up. You could have dry mouth. You could have heart throbbing, itching, nosebleeds. Problems with your eyesight, you could throw up, you could have trouble breathing. Those are the less severe. Now, the ones you got to watch out for, you could have blurred vision, abnormal heart rhythm, arterial fibrillation. You could have a very, very painful erection. Seriously. You could feel faint. You could have huge hives on your body. Um, you could have rashes on your body. I mean, it's it, it's just, it's like it, it never friggin' ends. This is what the problem is when you have <clears throat> drugs, synthetic drugs in your body. So the best thing to do is keep your diet as clean as possible. That's what I would do. And when you cook, the one thing you need to stay away from under all conditions is cottonseed oil. <clears throat> now understand that cottonseed oil is taken from the cotton plant. Okay, it's a very popular vegetable oil, and it comes from the cotton seed. After soy, after corn, after rapeseed, which is canola, cotton is the fourth genetically modified crap made into an oil. And in this country, it's very commonly used, and it's very—it's a very popular component in prepackaged foods. <clears throat> it's totally inexpensive. It's got a really long shelf life than most cooking oils, and it's used as a salad oil. It's used in mayonnaise, used in salad dressings, but there are problems of using cottonseed oil. And although it's a popular alternative for cooking, because it doesn't turn rancid due to its long shelf life, it's got some drawbacks. It's mildly inflammatory, and it has some components that could prove harmful to your health. Now, according to a lot of nutritionists, the cottonseed contains some natural toxins. And one of those naturally occurring toxins is called gossipol. And gossipol is produced in the seeds, and it helps the plant against the infestation of insects. Well, you don't have insects in your body. And it's used, get this, it's used as a component in male contraceptives in China. And what it does, it causes these reactions in men 
who suffer deficiency of potassium. So gossipol decreases the motility of the sperms and interferes with the growth of the sperm. And what it does is it, it becomes a detriment to your fertility. So the presence of gossipol in the body tends to interfere with the metabolism of potassium and can become a very distinct factor for paralysis among men that have a low intake of potassium in their diet. So most commercial manufacturers of the oil process it in such a way that they hope that the gospel content is removed from the final product, but there is still a risk that remains. Even so, they think they got rid of it because it's still there. Another danger is that it's very high in saturated fat. It contains very low levels of monosaturated fat and heart-healthy omega-3s. So the, the saturated fat tends to increase the levels of the LDL or the bad cholesterol in the body. And the continuous use of cottonseed oil can lead to cardiovascular disease. It could block the artery, which is atherosclerosis, could give you a heart attack. I mean, it, it, it never ends with this stuff. It also contains more than 50% of omega-6 fatty acids, which can lead to the deficiency of the omega-3 essential fatty acids. And then the oil undergoes the process of hydrogenation, which creates the trans fats, which can raise the levels of the serum cholesterol. And since there's this similarity in the molecular structures of the composition of cottonseed and peanut oil, people who are allergic to gluten or peanuts also suffer the same allergic reaction after consuming cottonseed oil. They get rashes, they get itching, they get burning sensation, they get swelling of the joint, and this can be triggered due to the allergy. And in some cases, people experience breathlessness, scratchy throats, and heaviness in the chest. So in order to extract the oil from cottonseed, the seeds have to be genetically modified. So the cotton plants are crossbred with super weeds that are a wild species of weeds. And the crossbreed of the cotton plants is resistant to the infestation of the weevils and the other insects. Then the plants also require dangerous herbicides that can be hazardous for human consumption. And the herbicides reverse the effect of the antibiotics and make diseases like tuberculosis and sexually transmitted diseases, including gonorrhea, difficult to treat. So since cotton is not a food crop, 
They are sprayed with so many harmful pesticides to protect the crop. And the pesticides are composed of harmful toxins, including cyanide. Seriously, and everything else that's put in it is carcinogenic in nature. So what happens is the pesticides seep into the cotton seeds, and when the oil is extracted from the seeds, the the amounts of toxins get mixed in. So we have to use the oil for consumption. It triggers the development of cancerous cells, and it makes you more prone to different types of cancers. So if anything, and now, and now what's happened, as you know, we got screwed. The Dark Act passed. Remember Obama was running for office. The first time, and he said, if I'm elected, I will push for the labeling of genetically modified crops. Yeah, (laughs) cute. That's what got him elected. Then, in order to win the second time, he gave amnesty to all the illegal aliens, and he gave them the permission to vote. (laughs) you got to love this guy. So now he's just signed the Dark Act, which basically means no state has the right to label GMOs. It's now a federal thing. And all the government agencies are comprised of former Monsanto employees. So if you want to know if something is genetically modified, there will be a barcode on the label. But you got to have a smartphone in order to find out what the label says, because you won't be able to read it. In other words, instead of saying contains genetically modified ingredients, which would be perfect, they're going to use a barcode that you have to use a machine to read. Why? Because Monsanto does not give a shit about your health, man. They want your money. So, you got to read labels. If it says soy, corn, cottonseed, canola, give her a miss. If it says organic soy, organic corn, that's good. Cottonseed oil and canola oil can never, ever, ever be organic because they are synthetic and they're fabricated. I hope you know that. So I was talking about the Senate approving the the mock GMO labeling bill. Well, basically, it's nothing more than a watered-down labeling bill, which was constructed by the biotech industry. And basically, it's going to undermine the existing labeling legislations at the state level, like I said. So what's going to happen is the bill is going to require the food manufacturers to use one of three types of labels to alert us to the presence of GMOs in the food. 
And the three labels include a written statement on the package, a link to a website, or a phone number, or a quick response, a QR code that's scanned by a smartphone. So these labeling options are one of the main aspects of the bill that those who oppose that find unacceptable because the use of the QR code limits the access to the ingredient information for those who own smartphones. And that's exactly the reason why it's included in the bill. So the opponents to the bill were arguing that only clear text labels are appropriate and that the other labeling options are only included to make it difficult for the consumer to gain information. <clears throat> so basically, this bill, that Obama, the Dark Act that Obama just signed and just passed, effectively undermines the GMO labeling laws that have been passed in the states like Vermont and a lot of municipalities that we're pushing for clear text labeling on the products containing GMOs. Another issue with the bill is that it leaves loopholes for certain foods to escape being labeled as containing GMOs. So there was an article in the New York Times where they basically said that proponents of labeling insisted that nothing short of text on the packages would do. And even Bernie Sanders from Vermont uh, raised concerns over the definition in the bill for determining which foods will require labels. But the point is Bernie Sanders is such a loser. Here's a guy, he hated Hillary Clinton. And then when she beat him, he supported Hillary Clinton. The only reason he supported Hillary Clinton is because he's got that big D on his forehead, and she's got a big D on her forehead, and you can't go any other way. Otherwise, you would not be a Democrat. <laughs> so anyway, so under the wording of the bill, a lot of foods containing GMOs are going to be exempted from labeling, like Foods containing oils from genetically modified soybeans, they don't require labeling. So no one knows exactly what foods the labeling bill will cover, which adds to the confusion and increases the skepticism regarding its effectiveness. But one thing is very clear. The passing of the bill is a major victory for the genetically modified food industry which actually spent about $100 million to oppose GMO labeling, but which also managed to have the labeling bill manipulated in its favor. And the bill is so watered down that in GMO industry favorable that it's been dubbed an anti-labeling bill. And there's no penalties, no fines for noncompliance, which means that this legislation not only favors the GMO industry, but it ain't got no teeth whatsoever to begin with. Seriously, basically the bill is a fraud because it doesn't require any sort of labeling that's readable by human beings and it would destroy the only existing labeling law 
the Vermont law, that requires real honest labeling. So it's becoming very obvious that the government and its regulatory agencies, which are comprised of former Monsanto employees, cannot be trusted to protect the public. So the vast majority, more than 90% of Americans say they want GMO labeling, but the government, in answer, in reply to that, says, screw you. So the best approach to protecting you and your family against GMO consumption is basically to buy local organic and to grow as much as you can that's organic. And if you're living in a city, it's kind of rough. So if it doesn't say certified organic, well, then you got to wash it and rinse it and do the best you can. You know what I mean? And this is the problem that we're up against. You see, my favorite expression is, in God we trust, all others pay cash. And when you have the people, 90% of the people want to know what they're eating, and you got the biotech industry that puts all their employees in government agencies, they say, nah, who cares what the people want? We'll just, you know, put them in a corral and herd them up. And <laughs> I mean, it's it's so ridiculous, it's laughable. So there was this ruling by the International Agency for Research on Cancer that classified Roundup, that's the glyphosate and Roundup, as a probable carcinogen, and that has made amazing media attention. But a lot of people, they don't get it. They don't understand what that means. You, you know what I mean? So what happened was there was this senior Iraq scientist that said it means that the world's top experts on the subject reviewed all the resisting research into links between glyphosate and cancer before reaching the conclusion that it could be carcinogenic. But the only experts that were not involved in the review were those that had financial conflicts of interest. And they concluded, yes. Now, why would they say probably carcinogenic? Because there haven't been any long-term studies, but they know it's bad for you. And this is the whole point that the biotech industry likes to throw at you. Well, there's never been studies to prove. How can they prove it? What if, what if you're eating stuff that's loaded with glyphosate and then five, six years down the road, you get cancer? How can you attribute that to the glyphosate? You can't. And they know that. This is what's the whole sick thing. And even though there's these studies that show a stronger link in other links than others, the overall body of research was clear enough for a picture to come out. And there was this large body of evidence from experiments that were conducted on lab animals exposed to glyphosate that developed tumors that were so huge 
and it's amazing. And then there's evidence from the lab studies that proves that glyphosate causes DNA damage, which can lead to cancer. But glyphosate is one of the top-selling herbicides in the world. And its popularity has been driven by the adoption of genetically modified crops that are engineered to resist it. And this is where we're going. This is where we're at, what's happening to us. It's all about money. And about a year ago, the the Food and Ag Organization and the World Health Organization, they, they got together and they ruled that glyphosate exposure to food is not dangerous. And then they wanted to know, well, how can you say this? Because Iraq is a part of the WHO, the World Health Organization. And they just, <laughs> so when they asked why glyphosate has not been banned, the guy from Iraq said that their mission is only to evaluate. That, give me a break. You, so you make an evaluation that it might cause cancer, but you won't ban it? Well, of course they can't because they got no authority to regulate chemical use or its exposure. Only the governments can take that action. And the government is all comprised of former biotech. I mean, it's, you've got the Environmental Pollution Agency. They're in the middle of doing the deciding whether to renew the glyphosate license for U.S. use. And the process is not due to be completed until sometime next year. But then... A couple of months ago, this controversy came up when the EPA res released results of its assessment concluding that glyphosate does not cause cancer. Well, why would the EPA do that? Because they got former Monsanto employees that are running it. But then after they said that, they pulled the document from its website saying the assessment had not yet been completed and that, that they pub it was published by accident. <laughs> then all they're doing is relying on data from Monsanto to assess the safety. Then there, recently there was a coalition of independent scientists that met privately with EPA officials that urged them to ban glyphosate outright, and the experts said, Hey, this stuff is a carcinogen, and it has links to autism and Alzheimer's and birth defects and gluten intolerance and obesity and all kinds of stuff, and it wreaks havoc on the wildlife, destroys the soy health, soil health, and contributes to antibiotic resistance. You know what? They could care less. So you've got to do what you got to do. You can't rely on the government agencies. You can't rely on the government. You can't trust anybody that is being paid off by these dicks. It's like, oh my God, what do you do? Monsanto never quits. They, they just want money. They don't care how many people live. They don't care how many people die. They don't care. 
They just want your money. So if you don't take responsibility for you, okay, it's on you, man. It ain't on me. Look, we know that throughout the years, the GMO crops have been the biggest controversy going on. And while those that push it say all the GMOs are safe and then we need them to feed the population and blah, 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 blah. So anyway, what about the people that say it's no good? They don't care. They don't care. They say, well, GMOs can help the farmer economically. Because right now they don't see the significant increase in the yield that's promised. But that'll be coming down the road. I mean, are you, are you kidding me? You got the biotech seed companies. You got Monsanto. You got Bayer. You got Syngenta. Year after year, they tell us that their genetically modified technologies are necessary to keep up with population growth. But every time they say that, their noses get bigger and bigger and bigger. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. There was a report that admitted that found that genetically modified food does not increase the yields of staple crops like soybeans, cotton, and maize. They even give rise to the superfoods. And even though the pest-resistant genetically modified crops have helped the farmers reduce crop losses, there's no evidence found that the use of GMOs improves farm yields. So there was this PhD guy, a senior scientist with Consumers Union, who came out and said, his name is Michael Hansen. He said, despite the industry claims, these crops are clearly not the answer to world hunger. It's equally clear that consumers deserve, deserve an informed choice about the products on the marketplace. So the, the study committee said that it could be plausible that new emerging GMO crops could increase yields but it's not certain. So going forward, the board recommended that even the future GMO technologies can help increase crop yields, investing in different approaches, not just genetic engineering, would be more important to see maximum improvements in the yields of crops. So the source of the issues like soil fertility and pest management and market development and storage, they all need to be addressed to improve crop productivity. You understand? So while the study has crapped out the myth and the general belief that we need GMO foods to feed the world, the statement that GMO crops are safe for human consumption in the environment still favors the big ag companies. And then you got this group, Food and Water Watch. They accuse many of the study committee members of having worked with Monsanto or other biotech companies, 
with an interest in the GMO industry. So how can you how can you trust their reviews? You see what we're up against. It's 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 no longer a government of for and by the people. It's 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 not. You 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 gotta take responsibility for you. You can't rely on these dicks. You 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 gotta read. You gotta be careful. You should have a clean diet. You got a convoluted switchback road for a digestive tract. So when you eat a rubber tire, it just stays in there for up to a week. So if you got this stuff sitting in your intestines for up to a week, where do all the poisons go? The growth hormones, the food colorings, the food, the shelf life enhancers, the color enhancers, the stink reducers. Where does it all go? If it's sitting in your body for a week, it goes into your body. It goes into your bloodstream. It goes into your organs. And you wonder why you got some problems? You're the problem of your problems. Okay. Can we talk a little bit? Can we change the subject a little bit from GMOs to sweeteners? Okay. Sugar blues. <laughs> We know that sugar causes a problem. Yeah, why do we still eat amazing amounts of it? The average American consumes three pounds of sweet white poison a week. And why? Sugar is addictive. You do a brain scan and you find it's just as addictive as drugs like cocaine. So people are trying to find a healthier venue, a healthier sugar, maybe looking for more natural sugar options. Maybe you've seen them yourself. So what are the natural options, and are they better for you than refined white sugar? So let's put it into perspective. With regard to refined white sugar, and you probably know this, but it can't hurt to repeat it, it's completely stripped of all natural value and provides only empty calories. More than 65% of the white sugar available commercially is made from genetically modified sugar beets. That's it, white sugar, GMO. So you got to stay away from that. Then we go to brown sugar. Okay. What is brown sugar? Brown sugar is white sugar, GMO white sugar, with a little bit of molasses added to it to give it a darker color and add more flavor. So brown sugar is just as bad as white sugar. Okay. Then you got evaporated cane juice. Okay. Now, this is made from the sugar cane as opposed to the sugar beets. And it's 
slightly less refined than white sugar, so it retains more color, more flavor, and nutrients from the sugar cane. But the only difference between commercial evaporated cane juice and white sugar is that the evaporated goes through one less step of refinement. So even though it says evaporated, it's a little bit better, but it ain't that much better. Then you got raw organic cane sugar. Okay, so that stuff is less processed than refined white sugar, but still contains some of the original nutrients present in the cane juice, which includes amino acids, minerals, vitamins, some antioxidants. And because it's organic, you're not going to be exposed to the pesticides that are present in commercially grown sugar. So while obviously a better choice than refined white sugar, you still have to remember that it's still sugar and you should consume it in minimal amounts. Now we got coconut sugar. Now coconut sugar is harvested from the sap of the coconut plant through a very natural process of extracting the juice and then allowing the water to evaporate. Process-wise, it's one of the most sustainable methods of sugar production, and the product also contains a small amount of fiber and other nutrients. So the coconut contains a lower percentage of fructose than the other sugars, which makes it slightly healthier than the other options. So other than the different types of sugars that we talked about, there is one sugar that in raw form contains a highly concentrated dose of vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that help nourish and revitalize your body. So what would that be, he says with a straight face? What, what could that be? How about honey? Honey naturally contains nutrients and enzymes that have a variety of health benefits and medical uses. That's why it's, it's used as a, a, a remedy throughout history. And today it's a very popular food used in hospitals, it's used as a medical treatment for wounds. But these benefits are specific to unpasteurized honey. Now, what happens is the manufacturers will process most of the honey that you find in the grocery stores by heating to help improve the color and the texture. But heating the honey, even though it helps improve the color and the texture, removes any unwanted crystallization. But the beneficial antioxidants and the bacteria are destroyed in the process. So if you're interested in trying raw honey, buy it from a local producer. But in the meantime, let me give you some of the health benefits that raw honey has to offer. Okay, number one, Raw honey contains antioxidants. 
And some types of honey have as many antioxidants as fruits and vegetables, and the antioxidants help to protect your body from cell damage due to free radicals. The free radicals contribute to the aging process, and they will contribute to the development of chronic diseases like cancer and heart disease. So the polyphenols in honey will play a role in preventing heart disease. Now, raw honey will kill and can kill the unwanted bacteria and fungus because it naturally contains hydrogen peroxide, which is an antiseptic. And there are hospitals in Europe that have used manuka honey to fight staph infections because the honey becomes resistant because the staph infections um, get a, they, they, they how, do, how do we say this? Um, the type of honey, the type of honey affects the effectiveness as an antibacterial or antifungal agent, and the type that you buy is very important. That's why you have to buy it from a local honey guy who doesn't cook it. Now, the manuka honey is also used to treat wounds because it's an effective germ killer, and the researchers believe it's because it has additional antibacterial properties besides the natural hydrogen peroxide. Also, the manuka honey can boost healing time and reduce infections in wounds. But you have to understand that the honey used in the hospital is medical grade, which means it's safe and it's sterile. So you shouldn't expect to treat injuries with the honey you buy from the grocery store. Now, the phytonutrients are compounds that are found in plants that help protect the plant from harm. And I mean, basically they keep the insects away and they shield the plant from the UV radiation. So the phytonutrients provide the antioxidant and anti-inflammatory benefits which help you maintain good health. And because honey is made from plants, it has the phytonutrients. And they're unique to raw honey, but they disappear when the honey is heavily processed. Now you gotta understand that honey is used to treat digestive issues like diarrhea although there aren't a lot of tests to show that it works really good, but it's been proven as an effective for uh, certain bacterias which cause peptic ulcers, which occur in the stomach or the digestive system. So if you take one to two teaspoons on an empty stomach, it kind of soothes the pain and it helps with the healing process. Now, if you have a cold, I remember I was a little kid growing up. Every time I got a cold, my mother would take some raw honey and squeeze it in some lemon. And she would give me spoonfuls of honey and lemon. And it became like a sore throat remedy. 
and it also worked as a cough suppressant. But you got to make sure that you get a good honey, not one that's processed, not one that's cooked to death, not not one. You know, the raw, the rawer, the better. He says with a straight face. So just another comment about sugar. With all the reputable research being done, not only on the negative side, but on its addictive benefits, it's 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 weird that that sugar is not more heavily re- regulated or banned. No different than marijuana in different states or on a federal level. Do you understand? The, you know, so there, there's all kinds of problems, and it all it all equates to money. Now, I have my my daughter married the son of a friend of mine who lives on the Big Island in Hawaii. He's got a 20-acre farm, and my daughter's husband, the son of this guy, has honeybees and makes raw honey. And he also makes a honey called Lilikoi. Oh, my God, I tasted it. I was visiting them this, this past weekend. And I tasted this Lilikoi honey, and it's made, the way it's made, it takes forever. And I I asked him, I said, can you send me some? He says, yeah, I will. I said, not only too much, maybe a half a gallon. No, I'm sure I was kidding. I have never in my life tasted anything so good. Because what he does when he processes the honey, the honey is still left in the tubs. So then he takes the hose, which is well water, and he flushes out the tub. But then he takes the combination of the honey with the water, and he he just puts that with Lilikoi and puts them in. But I'm telling you, I have never in my life tasted anything that was so good. So for me... I I try to do my best to eat raw honey or maple syrup, unprocessed. Sometimes I'll have to, I'll break down and I'll have a chocolate chip cookie. But for me, if it says, you know, plain sugar, no, no, I can't, I, 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 I can't do that. Plain sugar is genetically modified. It comes from the sugar beets. Of course, they won't tell you that. Now they don't have to label it such. So anytime you go somewhere and it says sugar, it's genetically modified. And this is what we're up against. This is, this is the world that we're living in. We no longer have a government of, for, and by the people. We elect politicians, well, we elect people who become politicians, who become hookers for the people 
that support their campaigns and give them money. Why would this genetically modified labeling bill lose in the Senate at a vote of 65 to 30? Because all these people are tied in with the agriculture industry. The agriculture industry only cares about how many crops they can produce. Because the more crops they can produce, the more money they can make. And if they use GMOs rather than doing it organic, they don't have to work as hard. Do you understand? They don't have to work as hard. All they have to do is spray the freaking crops with drugs. That's it. Nothing else. This is, this, is, this is what we are up against. So all I'm trying to do is, is give you guys information. What you do with it is out of my control. But I would hope that you would see an importance to you having a longer lifespan. And in that longer lifespan, being healthy. I'll tell you a funny story. Okay, I'm 77 years old and I don't look it. So I'm going to visit my daughter and I'm leaving Honolulu and I have to get on a plane on Hawaiian Airlines to go to the Big Island. And there's a local girl at TSA who's at the check-in. And they have a rule. If you're over 70, you don't have to take your shoes off. But I don't wear shoes anyway. I wear slippers, right? The, the, the flip-flops. So, as I'm walking there, one guy says to me, you're wearing your shoes. You have to take your shoes off. I said, I'm 77. And this little girl that's there looks at me. She says, how old? I said, I'm 77. And she looks at me and she says, are you shitting me? And I cracked up. And then she kind of put her hand on her mouth because she's a TSA agent. You know what I mean? But this is... I am nothing special. I am no exception to the rule. I just made a choice a long time ago to go plant-based and eat as much organic as I can and not overeat. And in the last year, due to overeating and everything, when I weighed 198 pounds, I decided it was time for a change. And now I'm about 183, 184. So I went down 14 pounds, and I am healthy, and I am active, and I am athletic, and I do whatever it takes to stay that way because I don't want to have to be subjected to doctors and pharmaceuticals and hospitals. I just want to live my life peacefully and stay under the radar, and that is the best way. The best thing is to be in the world, but not of the world. Do what you gotta do, but don't give a crap about whatever else is going on. Anyway, George Harrison is doing this thing. I think time is running out on me, and I, I could go on for hours, but then Frank will get really ticked off at me, and he'll say, what are you doing? Your man over. Yeah, yeah. It goes on and on and on. So, we'll let George Harrison take us out, and, uh, 
God willing, I'll catch you all next week. Aloha. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.